Welcome Dear to God. episode 36 of the Intermission Podcast, the show where two film graduates discuss classic, iconic, and and let's not forget, let's not forget the most obscure of obscure I, films I from would. times gone by. We're your hosts, Oscar W. Fitchett. Uh, Robbie Twiddle is also here and far too tired for whatever this energy is. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, I don't am, know I, am, I, am I allowed to swear on this one, by the way? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, because I've got a, I've got a joke title. If you'd like to hear it, <laughs> already. I... Yeah, sorry, I, I'll get before, it out of the way be, quickly. Uh, I, I want to say before you get going oh, with yeah. that, I want to yeah. make it very clear that when I did that, Lewis would be aware of this. You probably won't be aware of this, Robbie. He is. I record on my Zoom, and I whacked up. I whacked up the gain oh, so far, God. so far to ten when I did that. Wow. Well, I usually, luck, I want to say, I usually record on six, and I went it, and I moved it back down to six, uh, but I legit just went to ten. Who, whose gain's then... bad now, bitch? <laughs> my, my gain's fine. Look at it. It's at a perfect level. You son you of sound, a bitch. You sound like a gym bro. My gain's fine. My gain's fine, bro. So, so what's this joke thing? What's this uh, joke I was going to say, if I if I was allowed to swear, I was going to refer... I, um, the film, I just thought of this whilst I was whilst I was watching it the other night. Uh, all shiet on the western cunt is what, <laughs> is what I thought the other day. Right, the first bit doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> it's like it's like shite, but I had to make Not it sound it. like quiet. So I just I, I, I elongated the eye bit. All shite on the western cunt. <laughs> It's not. It's not my best. I must say. Uh, well, we'll see if we get uh, a better one. Uh, yeah, hopefully. We can uh, only hope, you know. But before we get into everything, I yeah, got. Yeah. I, I want to. Uh, there's. There's like one thing that I want to say before we get into the usual spiel. 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 Yeah, spiel. Uh, side update on the team members, Robbie. Oh, um, what? This could sits- throw off my segment later on. But continue. Oh, okay, I was just gonna say we got two more oh, okay. addition, if, if additional, it's additional people. ones, then we're all right. Yeah, yeah, it's just additional. It's just okay. additional. It's cool. it's it's extra. It's it's extra people that put their vote in the poll before, uh, like after before the poll ended, but after we recorded. Oh, okay. Um, I was looking so, around my goddamn pen. Um, you got it. Yeah, I got it. I'm ready to add them. Okay, so the additional person on Team Robbie's side, I'm literally just reading their Instagram because I don't know the person. Yes. Um, uh, okay, Cassidy. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. Cassidy. It's Team Robbie. Cassidy. Okay, there you go. Thanks, you know man. this person. Uh, yeah. Is Team Robbie. And um, on Team Oscar is the star of Cafe de More, Jessica May. So- oh, you're joking. <laughs> Cafe de Mar's own. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well. well. I wonder if she, I wonder if she appreciates that title, and I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. Who's to say? I don't know. So you know what? You know what? Uh, b- big up Cafe de Mar. I don't know. Big ups on you, except for your opening <laughs> shot, which Oscar is still bitter about to this day. I'm okay. I'm not bitter, but it was just. <laughs> well, I want to right now. Now it's being brought up, and now it, now I want to like. Oh, I just no. want to. I just want to bring context to this. Just want to bring context to it yes. slightly. Obviously, obviously, 
once upon a time, if if you if you're old school, uh, old school as in like two years ago, uh, if you remember, if you if if you guys remember back in the day of when before Robbie and I had the intermission podcast and we both had our yeah. own individual podcasts for a hot minute, um, yeah. there there Why was a. We? Uh, we 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 talked about in one of those ep- in one of those podcasts. We talked about um, my first year film, The Muse, that Robbie was editing. Um, that got horrifically stopped because of COVID night. The the initial outbreak of COVID nineteen. Um, yes. And that and that film opened with was going to open with a nice big one take shot in an art gallery that went from credit to credit to credit that were painted on canvases because the film is about an artist and that was yeah. the whole thing it was really cool we only got test footage of it we never actually ended up shooting the 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 final piece uh it blew our lecturer's mind for some reason and <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's never seen a camera move before so he was he was very <laughs> shocked he was like this is just we don't get stuff like this from level sixes and then we were this- <laughs> To which then big up Jack Colley just then went like, you may as well just give us the degree now then. And <laughs> yeah, good on him. You know, try it. You know what I mean? Give it a go. So what I'm so what's funny to me is there was a, um, there was, uh, what, a year later? No, two yeah. years. It would have been two years two, later. Two years two, later, yeah. Two years later when we're, not, when we're in our third year and then Leo, uh, boyfriend of the show, Leo Bradley. Boy, boyfriend of the show, Leo Bradley. Team Oscar member Leo Bradley, um, absolute bitch Leo Bradley, <laughs> was uh, saying to me that he was going to um, that he was going to do a one take in his second year film, and he asked me if he could uh, look at the muse, if he could see the muse, just to see what you know, just just for a bit of reference. So I thought, yeah, okay, sure, I'll send him it. Nice one. And in my head. What's amusing him? And I thought, like, oh, he just said a one shot. A one shot's anything. Yeah, a one shot's could, anything. Could be anything. We we talked about probably the best one shot on this podcast in Goodfellas. You know, he could be doing yeah. something like that yeah. or what what not. To which then we're in the edit suite, and then I see Tyler McCulloch, team, team a birthday boy, team, Tyler McCulloch, a birthday boy of the podcast, team uh, Robbie member, team yeah. Robbie captain. Sorry, Tyler McCulloch. <laughs> He was editing this film, and he was like, do you want to see the opener? I went, yeah, all right, Tyler, let me just let me see it. And then I'm looking at this, and it's the one shot. Oh, yeah. And it's a one shot that goes through a cafe. It goes from one <laughs> coffee cup to another coffee cup. And on these coffee cups is the credits written on them. To which, And I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, this is very the muse, but just... <laughs> And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I want to say, I've got literally no hard feelings. What I've got hard feelings about is this miscommunication between every situation <laughs> that I heard about it. It would be instant. Because <laughs> I'm sure there was like an instance where um, didn't like... Um, <laughs> I'll wait till Sorry, you've done picking up fight. My sister's at the door. Hang on. What do you want from me? I'm recording. <laughs> what do you want? I'm recording a podcast, please. Please. Yes, please, please. go away. <laughs> Maybe. Fantastic. Cheers. See you later. Riverton. Riverton. Is that the same? That's not the same sister from last week, is it? No, it was the lesbian. <laughs> She's actually a lesbian. That's not me. <laughs> 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 
know, God. no, I know. So, because I'm, I'm sure we had one person go um, that, I'm not naming the lecturer, because I just don't mm. want to, but I'm sure... Don't yeah, want to give him just, the time of day. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not even like that. It's not even for that reason. <laughs> I just don't want to be naming for these reasons. Um, but if there's like, I'm sure like he went like to Leo about like that he gave them the, he, that he gave us the idea to do that shot. Yeah. To which I'm like, that's incorrect. That's not and true. Then, and then I'm sure, and then apparently like, and then apparently Leo never once even acknowledged that he asked to see the muse and he just thought of the idea. But when I ask Leo, Leo goes, no, I literally referenced you in my blogs, Oscar. Yeah. I'm like, why am I getting this misinformation from everyone? Do you want to hear ultimate betrayal on this situation? Go on. Uh, I I sent him a copy of the muse because I have it because I edited the film. So I was the one that sent him it in the first place. No, I sent him it anyway. I sent him like a link oh, to it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I sent him like oh. an unlisted link. <laughs> I was going to say, because I, sh- I showed him it. Um, yeah, yeah. At some point in the second year. Um, yeah, a very uh, amusing situation. <laughs> but yeah, there's that. So basically, to which, the, to which then this same lecturer then acknowledged to me, when, when we're actually in person... It, like face to face with the situation, he yeah. then really he then goes to me, oh like that shot that they did was very similar to the one that you did. How does that feel? That like you inspired? No. The, and, but then he but then he then went. I'm not sure if you were in the room at this point. He then went. He went from going like you. He went to me. You inspired. So well, technically, I gave you the idea. So in that theory, I inspired, and I just went all right. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> I went I mean, all right. <laughs> Absolute coward. Coward, coward move. <laughs> I shouldn't say this because he, he's, he's, he's doing a reference for me currently. We shouldn't but, but We should not, no. Oh, but yeah, I, just want, I, just, I just want to leave it at that. But that, yeah, there's the Team Robbie updates. We've got, um, we've got, yeah, we got um, extra members of Team Robbie and Team Oscar. So what a time go. to be alive, eh? The, the numbers grow by the day, which is going to yeah. make my life of my recurring segment, which I hope will be recurring, unbelievably more difficult but you know here we okay go. okay do you have anything else did you have something you wanted to say i i never the, have anything to say i no. i just you know I, I show up on here i spin my wheels i go to bed you know that's that's, that's usually how this goes we'll i'll i'll just say the normal general spiel before we oh yeah go on get into this week's obviously i just want to say that uh links links and all that jazz description, there's links to the Instagram, uh, not only for us, but also uh, the intermission as a whole. That's where you can find out what the, the the latest episodes are going to be and where you can watch said film yeah, man. and all that jazz. Also, you can see Instagram stuff on our end. Um, oh, I want to mention it before we get any further because I said it now. Uh, you can now officially get uh, get pay what you decide tickets for to see Little Bethany at Ark as a part nice. of the uh, as a part of the horror award section of the Tees Valley International Film Festival, so uh, I'll probably leave a link in the description for that. Uh, there's also the closing ceremony on the Saturday, which is getting very close to being full. So, <laughs> so Fantastic. there you go. go it, there's that. When when is that? Twenty uh, ninth of October. I'm gonna make a note of that because I'll probably come. Ah, oh, please do, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll. Yeah, I'm gonna make a note of that right now. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to make the, uh, 
the, the Love Bethany screening, but... Why? Oh, why? What time's the Love Bethany screening on? It's noon. It's noon oh, on a Wednesday. Oh, you fucking joking. Yeah. It's noon on a Wednesday. So you wouldn't Dear. be able to... Yeah. Dear God. But... The, but um, also, this is... Uh, I feel free to cut this out, but... Uh, um, Tyler's birthday, when is that? Oh, that's next week. Next Friday. Next Friday. I won't be coming. And I'd like him to, uh, I'd like him to listen to this, um, and so I can tell him, Tyler, I'm not coming to your birthday party that I wasn't invited to in the first place. You fucking scumbag. Um, I won't be coming. Uh, I don't have any plans. I just, I just really don't like you. <laughs> there you go. Nah, I'm at, I'm at a concert in Manchester, so apologies, but, <laughs> but you know, fuck him, I guess. Fuck that guy. He's gonna if he listens to this episode, he's gonna hate me by the end of this. By the way, it's, it's, <laughs> there's gonna be a, a pretty constant, you know, wave of Tyler abuse. What team captain for Team Robbie Tyler McCulloch? You're just yeah, gonna, but he's probably not gonna the... like my impression of him later on. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, I can't. oh, I cannot wait! <laughs> um, I cannot wait! Um, oh God, I know nothing about this, by the way. So this is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it in the intermission segment. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, when we yeah. do the um the the gangs of the intermission segment, I'll I'll do it in there. The gangs of the intermission. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but also also in the description, along with everything they just said, there's a chapter, links as time codes to see everything there. I'm getting a little bit worried, Robbie. Oh god. When I'm seeing the length of certain segments cuz I'm in charge of doing the time codes. And for example, oh, yeah. la- for example last week, if you click the number 5 on the seven year itch on your keyboard, yeah. it takes you to halfway through the video. By that point, Robbie, we're already done talking about the seven year itch and we're like just starting the- and we're like in the early stages of the intermission. Oh dear god. So uh- <laughs> we need a more uh, yeah, do we need a more streamlined intermission segment? Is that what we're thinking? Uh, either that or a bit beefier of a discussion on the film yeah <laughs> maybe yeah up. it's it's a bit either one i also think like there's certain instances where like i don't think i you know we we got a bit overzealous last week with the intermissions all i'm saying yeah we got, that's we got fair very, we got very enthusiastic about the team section and mm. then i and then i talked about don't worry darling and then we oh uh, <laughs> yeah why have I, I got things to add about that movie and then I some for some reason wanted to add that Roger Federer retired. I didn't need to yeah. do any of that. But <laughs> so yeah, but also in the description below there, uh, as always, uh, mental health links as such for uh, for all information and for any helpline based stuff as well. Uh, yeah, all that stuff if you need uh, if you need any form of help. Uh, the links in the description aren't the solution to that, but they're the first step towards the solution. Nice. Right. And with that being said, Robbie, should yeah, we man. make our way to talk about this week's film? Yes. Uh, and this week's film, Robbie, <clears throat> is the 1930 World War One drama, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, the film is directed by Lewis Milestone and is written by George Abbott Maxwell Anderson and Del Andrews. It's based on the novel by Eric Maria Remacu, Remacu, I believe is the pronunciation of it. Uh, the film stars Lou Ayres, Louis Woolheim, Arnold Lucy, Ben Alexander, Scott Coke, Owen Davies Jr., Walter Rogers, William Bakewell, and Russell 
Gleason. Uh, the plot synopsis of the film, according to IMDb, is a German youth eagerly enters World War One, but his enthusiasm wanes as he gets a first-hand view of the horror. Uh, the horror. That's um, pretty accurate. Uh, Accolades film holds. It has a 98% on the tomato meter and an audience score of 89%. Um, it has a score of 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a score of four out of five stars on Letterboxd. And the film was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Cinematography for Arthur Edison and Best Writing for Abbott, Andrews and Anderson. And the film won two Academy Awards, including Best Director for Lewis Milestone and Best Picture overall. Mm -hmm. So that is the film we are talking about this week. And my thing with All Quiet on the Western Front, the reason why we're talking about this as well is similar to why we talked about The Seven Year Rich last week is because Netflix are releasing a film this year, later this month, actually, October 28th, I believe. Uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a new All Quiet on the Western Front coming out that I only discovered that was coming out. It was like a, like a month or so ago. I was like, oh, why, oh, not, sure. talk, okay. why not talk about the, uh, the original then in that oh, yeah. regard? And... With this film, it's a film that I've always been aware of. Like, I've always just known of it. It's it's like Of Mice and Men. You know, it's like yeah. you, always, you always hear All Quiet on the Western Front. Didn't know anything about what anything. I just knew the name of it. And uh, I'm quite new to this film. I saw for the first time this summer. Uh, and this is my second time watching it. So I'm not like massively ingrained with All Quiet on the Western Front. But my but what uh, but my thoughts general thoughts is it's a film that I actually really like it's a film that I don't find myself it's weird I remember first time I watched it I was like oh this is really good but I wasn't like head over heels for it and watching it this time around before going into it it's like I knew I liked the film but going into it I was a bit like oh okay like it felt a bit homeworky to stick yeah. on it first and then when I was watching it as I was watching it this time around I was like. No, there's a lot of scenes that I actually remember from this film that I remember were really good scenes. Yeah. And so, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's a film that I always expect to be quite daunting, but it isn't really. It's actually quite a, uh, an, an easy watch isn't the right word. It's not an easy watch, but yeah. it's, not, it's, it's, not an, it's not intense, I'll say no. that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the film and, we could get, and we'll get more into specifics about my thoughts on it. Uh, Robbie, your thing with All Quiet on the Western Front. Hell yeah, man. I also uh, I, I also knew of this, generally speaking, but I'd never seen it. Um, and yeah, I, I was uh, pretty stupid at first. I think I knew that it was a war film um, and I just assumed that it was World War II. And then I thought about it for a minute, and I thought, well, World War II didn't start until 1939, and this movie came out in 1930. You <laughs> fucking moron. Uh, so, yeah, so World War One movie, which doesn't happen very often, actually. No. Um, and it's cool. Um, and so, yeah, I watched this for the first time, uh, and, yeah, I, I really liked this. Hmm. I thought it was good. I expected to find it incredibly boring. Um, but actually, like you say, it's not very daunting of a watch. It's only what, like two hours, 15 or something. Two hours, eight. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's not like the longest movie in the world, which it feels, it feels like it's like, 
it has the scope and feeling of a film that is going to end up being like three hours, and then it isn't. Yeah, I know. I know this new one again. I know very little. I watched the trailer for the new one once, and that's oh, it. Okay. And it look it looks really good. It looks really yeah. good. Uh, but that's like two and a half hours. That is like yeah. that, that. That that's like a war epic. Yeah. And what I also find interesting about that film, that film is a German film. That's actually oh, a German yes. made film. Uh, yeah. Where the, where this film isn't, but uh, mm. yeah, yeah. That that was a thing I was confused about at first because everyone was talking with American accents, but then I saw everyone's uniforms and was like, a America wasn't in World War One, and B, <laughs> um, everyone's wearing the German hats with the little little, little spiky on the top. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's got to be impractical, hasn't it? I don't know what's going on there. I don't know, yeah. yeah I mean, like, you know, you're not, I don't know, unless you're running at someone head first. If, you, if, you've forgotten, <laughs> if you've forgotten all your weapons and you're like, fuck it, I'll just Naruto run at this dude and see what happens, then, yeah, good on you. But yeah, other than that, it must be just a fashion thing, I suppose. Mm, yeah. I'm going to Google that. You, you, you continue that. with your next point. Uh, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, what, what, yeah, because yeah, what, I, what, I agree with you. I... I uh, I'm in the same boat as you in the sense like I was expecting it because again like a 1930 film um, that is long-ish uh, and about war and in my head I'm like oh no is this going to be really just boring and is this just going to be like war effects that really don't hold up anymore and is this yeah. just going to be really dull acting or people being like you know you know the yeah. type of just like not at all interesting way of speaking and it's just really and it's not good audio quality and it's just a bit yeah. like i was almost expecting it was going to be like one of those films that you walk in on like when you walk in to see your granddad or whatever and he's just got yeah. a film on it's like what <laughs> is just watching all quiet on the western front just, just like, what it just what is yeah. and it's and all it is it's just like a color a bit of just like a smudge of gray yeah because he because he's watching it like on ITV three, so yeah. every now and then it gets broken up with adverts as well. Every now and again, you can make out the vague outline of a tank. Yeah, you go, yeah. Ah, okay. But <laughs> but one thing I will say is it definitely is not that. No, um, it's a film that I think is quite. Uh, what the word that I thought of after like watching it uh, for a second time was it's harrowing. It's quite a harrowing mm. film. I think it is like. Yeah. And there's a and again there's a again I didn't necessarily remember the film. It's weird. I didn't necessarily remember the film when I would like when I was about to stick it in and watch it. Mm. But that scene started on. I was like, oh yeah, it's this scene. And yeah. then I it was it was weird. I almost remembered a load of really good scenes or like scenes that I thought were really good, but I yeah. just didn't remember them. They were in this film, which mm. is weird. Uh, but like examples of that again, it's it's I think there's a lot of like standout scenes in this yeah that time, yeah. that that aren't like i think work well story-wise mm. and i think we could start with there since that's kind of like how it's naturally going the story's yeah. really damn good man yeah i really liked this i think um i mean we'll probably get into it more are, are we are we going to talk about characters is that is that a segment <laughs> it, I, we can talk about whatever we end up talking about i don't necessarily okay. have like i, have, I, I like, was gonna say like my only real complaint about this is that I would like the I would have liked there to have been more distinction between the boys that were following. Mm-hmm. You know, like I kind of wanted, and, it, and it's the stu- it's the stupid blockbuster kid in me, uh, the fucking Ninja Turtles dork in me. I was like, there should be a leader one, which was yeah. the writer one, I guess, and I was like, and then there should be a funny one, 
and a smart one and an angry one. All right? <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how we go about this. This is how team dynamics work. Um, whereas I feel like everyone except the main dude kind of blares into one sometimes. I was going to say, and I think it it gets about till halfway through the film though, until Paul becomes our main character. Yes, I think. yeah. Because the film, and I think it's an interesting way that it does that. It really is how we mm. don't start off seeing Paul wake up, yeah. and then we're all, like we start just in Germany and mm. in a classroom, and then just yeah. a group of them, and then they're off. And then it's mm. only until, and I cannot remember anyone's name, is it Kemrick who dies with the boots? I think yes. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, it's until he dies, and that's when it's almost, okay, Paul is yeah, the guy. Yeah, Paul is Paul. the main guy. Yeah. And that's, and that's halfway through the film. That is, that's bang on halfway yeah. through the film. It's an, so it is an interesting way of how it's done in that. And mm. I think like once we get to that point, it's interesting in the sense of like, because I feel like the film does enough of a job, like a really good job at making us interested in the scale and the store and like the actual yeah. setting of World War One. Mm. But you know that you can't just keep making a film solely based on scale and setting. Yeah. Dunkirk. Um, you can't just yeah. keep, you just can't. So it almost like, okay, now we're going to give you a character in this scale and in this setting. Yeah. And I and and I think it's weird because I don't think Paul as a character is necessarily really interesting, but I think Lou Ayres, yeah, Lou Ayres, the actor, does a really good job in that. He does, role. yeah. He's, he's he's really damn good, and I find it interesting because we can get back to the story in a second. But I feel yeah. like um, obviously this is 1930, so this is yeah. like three years after Talkies. Like the yes. first talking, yeah. so this is a we. So this this is a bit of an in between of pro actors mm. who were probably more used to silent acting yeah. going into talkies, and I think the film is does a really good job. But they still, look, if you almost, you could almost watch this film silent, and you could still see yeah. how they're acting and all that. But I think Lou Ayres kind of does has a lot of like. There's a lot of still emotional anguish generally mm. in his vocal performance. Yeah, and so I think in that, especially in considering he's probably more used to silent films, yeah. there's a yeah. good few. There's a good few little mini monologues in this that he gives that works really well. I think, yeah, in it, I would say so. I think it works. Um, I think, like you were saying about the the scope and and all that kind of stuff of World War One in this, I think it, the way that it's structured works really well to kind of lead up to that to then emphasize how fucking awful everything is um because you you start with the guys in in school and then they're going off and they're getting their uniforms and they're all real excited and then they have the whole training camp bit which real good job at making me like all these guys by the way yeah in in this bit because the camaraderie between them and especially the bit where they just (laughs) jump that dude (laughs) The, the, the guy who was the postman and yeah. then just got a big sergeant rank. Yeah. And then, and, and, then and they, he's just a prick for no reason. <laughs> they, they see him like, hey, it's the postman. How are you doing, mate? And he's like, I'm getting in line. I'm your general now. Yeah. And it, yeah. They, um, and they, they jump out of a tree and they wrap him in a duvet and they just beat the shit out of him. 
literally beat his ass. Literally yeah, just like, like yeah, yeah, directly onto his ass. Yeah, and then they'd leave him in some mud where he presumably drowned because we never see him again. I don't. No, think, no, no, we no, no, we do. We he got first of all, he got out, and we saw him a lot later on in the film oh, when okay. he's in the bunker again. Oh then, yeah, he's he's the one where they go like, yeah, kiss my ass, whatever, and then he's charging yeah. the field and he dives. He goes, I'm wounded, and then like. And then, like, Paul is like, you're not wounded, it's just a scratch. Get up, you pussy. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's verbatim. He to kill yeah, yeah, pussy. Yeah, get up, you fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, like, yeah, I think having that segment of it and then they go off to war and to go to the proper, going into the trenches and they meet uh, <laughs> Mr. I've got a full pig from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and all that stuff. You know, it, it, it emphasizes how you know, the expectation of it f- from their point of view to what the reality of it was. They thought they were just going off to be, I don't know, like superheroes for a few months and just have yeah. a bit of fun with their mates. And then, yeah, no, it was not not that. The war, the war scenes are really well done as well, man. Oh, my like, God. Yes. Really, and I think it's, I think even putting it in the lens of 1930, mm. It Mate. feels massive for, for something like 1930. The the shots where they're running, are, like when they, the first time there's a battle and they're uh, they're trying to push the French back or something. Mm. When they come out of the trenches and like that shot that's gliding over the top of the trench and everyone's climbing out one by one and then you see them all running across no man's land and stuff. It's so cool. It's yeah, so well done. For, and like you say, for 1930s, for that time, it's insane. Mm the kind of stuff they were pulling off with this i remember in the hidden fortress podcast we talked about like that's a 1958 film and Mm. one point i mentioned about that film was wow the scale and the sets are massive and huge and really impressive there's so many moments in this film that's 28 years before the hidden fortress that Mm. again not slagging on the hidden fortress Really enjoy that film. It's a but, great film. But just looking back and just seeing, there's so many shots where you just get a really wide shot where yeah. the bottom of the frame you see the actors like who are like that size, like mm. tiny, and then the rest of the frame you just see explosions and yeah. just things. There's like one moment where like we're in like like I think like a bomb goes off in a graveyard or something, and then it's like oh, yeah. you see like a tree fall. Yes. And stuff. And I'm like, this is mental. Like, this is so it, cool. Yeah. And and you know there's no computer there. Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly, yeah. you know, you just, you know. So it almost yeah. makes everything a bit more like. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like really impressive. And I like the use of not of not much music at all. Mm. Really. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, I was worried like that could have made the film a bit boring, but especially like, especially the war scenes where all you need is just. Explosion, 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 explosion. And I think the very first war scene does an incredible job at feeling like, oh, shit, this is yeah. not good. Because, again, I've talked about it in Apocalypse Now, and I'm sure we've talked about it. I'm sure we'd also talked about Deer Hunter. Any war mm. film that we've talked about, I've mentioned it. I, yeah. have, I have very strong opinions on war and mm. how it... And I, I, I am incredibly... I, and so I'm very, like cautious about if a film is uh talking about war and how they're presenting war yeah and one thing like i was i was a bit concerned when i first watched this was like oh is this going to be like 
ah, that was really fun. And like for a good, for like the first half and then the second half, it's like, wait, war's bad? What? We, what? Like, like the first scene we have, it's like explosion, explosion, explosion. One guy gets caught up in one of the mines. And yeah. how it looks, it, I don't know because it's black and white, but he looks like he's just blood. Yeah. And then, he, and then he's screaming that he can't see. Yes. And it's like, God, that's It's awful. horrendous. Did you see that? There's a real brief, like, it's on screen for like a second. Yeah. That, yes. There's a guy and he grabs on some barbed wire and he explodes and then the dust settles and his hands are just there holding onto the barbed wire and he's not there anymore. And, it, and it's like, <laughs> it's like that. The shot's like that, yeah. but it's, it's on the screen long enough to where you're like, did I just see severed hands? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it suddenly just like, it just burns onto your eyes. You're like, what the yeah. fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. yeah. This film does not shy away from showing uh horrible, horrible things to do with war. Uh, and and there's a really good scene as well on the topic of um, like you know uh, people's opinions on war and 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 all that kind of stuff. It's a really great scene where everyone's talking about why they think the war started. Oh yeah, is that the uh, is that the moment where they they've gone all the beans after they've eaten? Yeah, so where they, yeah, where yeah. they get where they get I don't know three tons of beans. It looked like there's like, oh, <laughs> an unfathomable amount of beans. That's just that. that... That's a you could move on to your point. It's literally it literally falls on from this, but it's like that's yeah. crazy to me how like it's like how you just got the chef and then they're like right are we then and then he's like no nah, I'm waiting for everyone it's like this is everyone it's like I've cooked for 150 yeah. it's like well only 80 came back so are we come on like they like it's like oh yeah. man it's so dark and it's like yeah that is just and it's so. I don't know, it's so, so like that's such a good scene, I think, because you get like at that point the people, the 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 remaining men are, are mm. so numb to it that they're almost pissed yeah. off that just just give us the food. Come on. Yeah, so what? Yeah. There's no one But but also like and then, and then the chef's for, like for that dude. Yeah, and then the chef and then the chef's like, Oh I've oh, I've made it for 150. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's, it's like it's so, fuck you, yeah. dude. Just give them the beans. Like, I I don't. Yeah. That that was a thing I didn't understand. He was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for my superior officer. You've cooked for 150. Eight, you've shown up. You've you've cooked for people that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, just give them the beans. What do you? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. What a good, strange good, man. It's, it's a it, yeah. Good 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 scene. Really good scene. Uh, what were you gonna say? About yeah. I, they were, yeah. Just I loved the idea of um you know. Cu- having a conversation where, where it shows people at the time talking about why do you think this war started and, and you you think about the fact that like back then there's no internet at the time there's probably not a lot of news going on you like probably papers, didn't get a, like papers, yeah there'd be papers yeah. but like you know but like in wartime it's probably like and especially when you're abroad and you're constantly away and you you know you don't know what's happening so it's very interesting to actually get a scene where it acknowledges the fact that a lot of people were fighting this war and they had absolutely no idea what they were doing there. Yeah. They were just told one day that they had to be there. They didn't know what they were fighting for. They were just they were just there. They were told that what that was what they were gotta do. Yeah, and it's that's like that, mental. Yeah, it's like that one guy goes, Why is he like how does a war even start? And then one goes, Well, when a country offends another country, it's like, what did the mouth of Germany Say yeah, so yeah. bad to, and it's like no people 
And then to which one goes, oh, well, I'll yeah. go home then because I don't get offended. So, I'll, so this doesn't have yeah. anything to do with me. So like, I'm not offended. Like, so. Yeah, it's like, yeah, everything you're saying is so logical, but it's like, it, yeah. that's, that's what I mean. It's like, and I love, it's mental how we're watching a 92-year-old film, I want to say. I want to repeat yeah. that. A film that is yes. very close to being a century old. And I yes. still feel like, and these are still questions that, people have about why did we even why why was this even a thing that happened it's, it's mental and i think as well it's it's interesting so the, the director and writer of this um uh, where are they from lewis milestone is a director is the director and he is from um uh, when my internet loads, he is um oh and he, Moldova is the uh, oh. is is where Lewis Milestone is from, and the cool. or, if one about the author of the book, yeah, um, I imagine he was German, right? Uh, I believe so, but I'll double check that because obviously there was three writers and it was a we- it was a weird crediting of the writing. Yeah, if, if you noticed it, it was like adaptation and what it was like. Wait, but. It was like three yeah, different like types scr- of credits. Yeah, there was screenplay by, adaptation by, and blah, 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 and something else. Was it like the original thing he was by someone? Uh, I've got yeah, the answer. It, what, what, yeah, whilst he, that loads, he, by the way. He's German. Are you? Eric, oh, he's German. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric, Mar- gonna... Eric Maria Ramacu is, is, is German. Okay, I was just going to add on. Um, I have the, the function of the, of the spike on the top of the helmet. Go for it. Uh, the the distinctive spike on the Pickelhaube was supposed to so was supposed to function as a blade tip. It was designed to deflect sword blows aimed for the head. Oh, okay. Um, well, it would have to be you know designed to deflect really really bad sword blows to the head that were not going to hit your head because they were above your head. So good on you. Um, but yeah, I, I thought like, sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say I like the um. It's I also like the fact, obviously, this is a World War One film, a war that doesn't get covered as much in media, yeah. Generally, as in comparison, it's a World War One film based on a book written very shortly after the First World War, and it's the film yeah. was made before World War Two, so it is literally almost like this little capsulation. And I find it very interesting because yeah. I think. World War Two, as a whole, really jaded a lot the the world's views on many different things. So I find yeah. it. I'll be interested in this new one from Netflix. In all honesty, yeah, um, same. for for different reasons. But I feel like it's very interesting how this film obviously didn't villainize anyone in particular. It just villainized yeah. war as a whole. And I want to get yeah. to a very specific scene that I've just thought about that really uh, talks, that really does a really good job at that point. But I yeah. feel like if this film, like, I don't think that this film could have been made authentically post-World War Two, because mm. it would be very jaded in the sense of, like, we can't uh, humanize Germans in a war because yeah, yeah. obviously about what happened with World War Two, mm. and obviously even though this might is this is World War One, it's it it it's and I like that about this film in the sense of like 
it's just looking at war as a thing and yeah, not as a concept and not as a us versus them and at yeah. the time and at the time that was the the war of a generation yeah, at the time were, like the great who, war who would have thought that like no one there would be like yeah give it a couple more decades and we'll be back at it again not yeah. even a couple not even a couple more decades give it like less give it about a decade that, and that's we'll just be- that's just reminded me of a real, real sad thing from a Dot Two episode one time. So I, I'll briefly talk about this, uh, as I, I I tried to keep it brief and I talk about Dot Two. Sorry, everyone. There's a there was an episode where is Peter Capaldi's last episode, and he meets a guy who is a colonel in World War One, played by Mike Guys for some reason, and he shows up. Interesting. And he go, yeah, and uh, and he goes, oh, well, judging by your uniform, you're from you're from World War One, and then the guy looks in and he's like, what, what, what do you mean one? <laughs> And he looks, yeah. he looks, he looks real sad, and oh, it, no. it makes oh, me real no. upset every time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, uh, but yeah. I think it's like, it's, yeah, I like looking at it like that, and I and talking about and the scene in particular I was on about is the scene where Paul is hiding down for a sec. It's it's after the postman got yes, yeah, mined and. <laughs> Again, we'll I'll highlight the cinematography and the filmmaking side of things I separately because I think that there's a good few shots to talk about in a really yeah. cool way. But it really well shot how he's just kind of, uh, Paul's kind of just hiding and we're seeing like point of view over the top of people jumping over, jumping over, and then another mm. soldier jumps down in him. Yeah. And then he knifes him. And then it's a real and then we don't pass that that moment quite often. We actually go through a lot of the moments of just leaving him. And how when yeah. Paul is like, you know, you, you know, there's mines and stuff going off. And then Paul, I think, again, Lou Ayres does a really good job in his performance mm. in this, where he's saying he's it's enough having to hear all that, but but I can't stand hearing you. Why don't you just die quicker? And then he yeah. immediately goes like, Oh no, I didn't mean that. I didn't and then it's a really again, now would you say if this was done nowadays? Is this more tell than it is show? Yes, but we've you know at this time this is literally three years into talkies, yeah. Um, and and even thinking about that, this film doesn't do as much talky stuff as it probably could have done. This is this is yeah. actually quite a very visual film as well as. But you know he goes like you know there's that one moment where he goes we could have been friends. You and yeah. I, you know you're just you know you're just a man like me and bloody 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 blah and all that stuff. So you'll make it out. Don't worry, you'll make it out. No, yeah. I'm kidding you. It's it's such a really poignant moment. And again, I think if this was a film made in a post World War Two way, yeah. we would not have got that moment. There would not have been an extended five minute sequence where we just sit with the main character and a guy he just murdered. Yeah, where where he gets upset because he doesn't know the guy. Mm. He kind he kind of gets upset about the fact that he doesn't he. He doesn't know this dude, and he could have been anyone. And he and he realizes kind of he was fighting for the same reasons that he is, which is for because he was told to. He didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I I agree. It's a very it's a very good scene that kind of sums up the the anti-war messaging of the movie. Yeah, yeah really definitely. well, definitely. And there's there's also like there's that scene. I think there's. Again, there's lo- again when I'm just thinking back when I'm like remembering. Oh yeah, that scene. There's mm. one scene that popped in my head that I actually really enjoyed. Which, again, this film is actually paced really well. Yeah, so they, they they know which scenes to play when, 
and what to do. Um, uh, when they're all in the bar, and there's that one moment where Paul and the one of the other soldiers that I don't know the names <laughs> of, because yeah. they, they all kind of blend in a little bit. Uh, yeah. But I'm there for the camaraderie. I can at least get yeah, by exactly, that. Yeah. Um, is the that moment where it's the shot of like it's like a half shot of like the mirror and then the poster with just the the woman and the bloke and they're just kind of like like ah yeah you just don't you don't you don't get women like this around here or something like that yeah. and they're like they're trying to make this little like thing. It's like how old would she be? I don't know, twenty two. No, 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 I'll make her older than those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like little things like it's like, well, you're not getting anywhere with him there. And then he yeah, cleanly like, rips the <laughs> Ah yeah, real obvious real blatant. You and know then, yes, her. And then like just like the like three other blokes come in and, and they're all a bit like <laughs> it's it's fucking Sherman from Seven Year Rich behind him. And yeah. then and then <laughs> And and then they go, oh, well, now you've soiled it. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. Don't they go like, now you made it. Now you made. He basically they basically went, now you made it perverted, you weirdo. Yeah, now, now you've made it. Now you've made it weird. Cheers, guys. You've ruined it for everyone. <laughs> we were just here trying to have a nice little moment, trying to remember romance since we've not be, since we've been here since we've been pulled out from school, and we're just trying to remember some sort of nice emotion. Then you have to yeah. be there, like <laughs> I'll show her my trench. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, cheers, mate. You yeah, dummy. cheers, fellas. Why don't you go catch then, another fucking whole pig? <laughs> I'm so caught up on that. Where did you get that from? Well, no, didn't you see? Because they were like they they were like in a um like a there was like a pig train one there that were like <laughs> a <laughs> pig train, <laughs> a train specifically for pigs. <laughs> I don't know why that just made me. That just, that just tickled <laughs> me a lot. Just you going a pig train. <laughs> Well, like a cargo train, but it only carries dead pigs. No, but it looked like... Right, what it seemed like to me, it looked... <laughs> did you, it was bizarre. Did you miss the moment of, like... Because it looked like it was, like, a bunch of pigs... It was, like, two blokes getting, like, dead pigs for, like, food or whatever. And then they took off, and then, like, the one bloke snuck in and went... Uh, and then caught another pig. <laughs> maybe I missed this, because I, 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 in my viewing of what I remember seeing... It was that bit where the voiceover goes, if anybody's going to find food, if there's any food to be found, this guy will find it or whatever. And then we cut to him crawling around in the mud. And then from what I recall, the very next shot is him then arriving in the bunker with a whole pig. And I was like, <laughs> where, did you, where did he get that pig? <laughs> no, you see him go up to a pig train. Uh, yeah, he goes up to the pig train. He stop. He, he waits for it to stop at the station so that any any of the dead pigs that aren't are going to California can get off <laughs> on their on their fucking holiday cruise. <laughs> just a lot, just a lot of dead pigs with mojitos is what I'm, I'm picturing now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I... what an image! <laughs> just what an little image. Um, little umbrellas in the cocktails. If someone wants to edit that together, we'll stick it on the Instagram. So uh, yeah, yeah. That'll if you've got the time, you know. If, if you really want to, go on Tyler. <laughs> Get a, yeah, get, go, on, go on, Tyler. Go, go, Angus. Tell Tyler that's his task. Do it. Um, yeah, tell tell him to do that. And uh, whilst he's at it, if he could draw up an invitation for me for his birthday party, if he could stick that on a laminated bit of card and send it to me, and I will uh, reject it and send it back to him. Thank you. Cheers. You specifically wanted an invite just to reject it, <laughs> just to say no, I can't go, and I didn't want to anyway. Who are you going to see in Manchester? Uh, we're going to see a band called Sports Team, who I've heard uh, in passing on multiple occasions when Julia puts them on in the car. 
Okay. So uh, yeah, but it'll be good. I'm excited. I'm excited actually. Cool. Back to the pig train. Um, yeah, back to the pig train. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um, but yeah, so that there's that there's those again. I'm remembering a lot. I remember a lot of scenes that I'm like, oh, I really like that. There's a yeah. lot of the, again, like more so from like. Again, not exactly the reason, but almost the same vibe of when I'm watching Daisy Confused, and I'm like, "It's mm. this scene coming up." Obviously, it's yeah. not. It's not the same enthusiasm when I'm watching All Quiet on the Western Front. No, this it's more so. Oh, this scene's coming up. Yeah, or like, or, or like oh, this was a really good scene. Like the, yeah. again, again, the uh, the host, the the first hospital scene. Oh, yeah. dear oh. Christ! It's like my leg, my right, my 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 left leg's hurting. It's like, well, how could it be hurting if you don't have it? And then you just yeah, know at that it, moment, that's when they all go, dude. He Mike, literally did, he literally didn't realize that he was missing a leg. <sighs> Awful. The worst. And and he said, doesn't he say that he's like 19 or something? Yeah, they're all 19. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah. And it's like, and again, because then you remember him from his boots. And that's his yeah. boots that his uncle gave him. And then oh, you have man. Him, and then you have his mate going like Hey, can I have the boots? You're not going to need them. It's like, dude, t- a bit soon. Dude, yeah, come <laughs> on, man. Who is this? Who's this fucking goober? Leave what are you and, doing? And then Paul has to be like, "Oh wait, come on." Yeah, what are you? Then, what are you doing, man? And, 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 and then when they're walking out, and then he's going, "I won't, I won't ask you from him if he would have, if we would, if he would have use for him." It's like, no, just be set. Come on. Just yeah, leave. come on, man. Just Jesus Christ. Leave he's it. dead. He's the, dying. The, the, he's dying. Yeah, he's dying. Sorry, he's not dead yet. The the yeah I I and I liked the thing that followed that where we got a little montage of various people wearing the boots and dying in them, and then passing on to the next person. Oh my god! Again, again, a great way to show just focusing on one object, and it's like it's the repetition of of war of someone going, "Oh, they're nice boots. I'll take them with me." They die. The next person comes along. Oh, they're nice boots. I'll take them with me. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, they come up with very creative and cinematic kind of filmic ways to show how awful war is. I guess, again, looking at it in terms of its time period in relation to cinematic history. Yeah. With silent film, that's all you could do. So. Yeah, yeah, just show it story visually. That's, so you probably got Lewis Milestone being like, well, this is just how we would do it anyway. I feel yeah. like we, I feel like we almost take it for granted to where we almost like uh, people like us and just general modern mm. filmmakers. It's like, well, I'll just have someone say a thing, but like yeah. back then, it's like they wouldn't just like, well, we we can't. Yeah, so that's like, not how, how it works. We, so how do we do it? But then it's like, but you have that. But then I feel like you have a really night, a really good piece of dialogue when Paul comes back with the boots, and yeah, yeah and he's just like, again, it's just a still mono, a, a little monologue of him going like. He died. I saw him die. It's been the first. That's been my first experience with death. And then he goes a bit like it's weird. And then it's like it's like oh, you could see that's like the first moments of him being a bit like starting to crack a little bit from yeah. from what war is doing. And it's so like again, so new in the talkies. And there's a lot of really nice, poignant, good piece of dialogue. There's not yeah. lo- there's not loads of tell if you know what I mean. There's not there's not loads of like we're saying the words because we can now and we're just describing yeah. things that Which, we're seeing. Like, films of a similar time period did a lot of that. Where they're just people are just blabbing and you're like, what 
we don't need to and they're all talking a million miles per hour for no reason <laughs> citizen kane <laughs> it's not good <laughs> sorry i had a little bit of citizen kane's a bad film stuck in my throat there apologies everyone go to, go to the citizen kane uh, podcast to see more fucking sucks man <laughs> it fucking sucks okay what place it holds in the history books that movie fucking sucks um but yeah the, yeah yes the dialogue good use yeah. good use of dialogue in terms of it's it it could not be there and it would the story would still come across it mm. just adds nice little bits of flavor every now and again and when <clears> it does they like to give them lines where it's like shit man yeah it's like it's like it's the it's the really hard hitting bits which they couldn't do visually yeah you you couldn't just do that visually so they're like right okay he's gonna say this and it's gonna make everyone go oh jesus yeah i feel like again because i'm quite you know me i i'm quite wordy with my scripts yeah and i i can i can fall into the trap of tell if i'm not careful with my stuff and obviously, I like to do things quite. That's why I did love Bethany, if I'm being perfectly honest, because it gave me an excuse to do things visually with horror imagery and stuff. But I made sure to have a very dialoguey moment in that film as well. Go, Hell yeah. Come to the arc on the 26th of October to see it <laughs> yourself. Um, but I feel like, again, yeah, I feel like there's, again, there's stuff visually that work, that can work really well visually. And yeah. I think can be very height of cinematic storytelling um, if done right. I think it's really well done. But then I also think there's also something that is just as powerful, but in a different type of way of when you just hear someone say, excuse me, just say something yeah. where you, if you almost hear something in words, it almost becomes a bit more real. And then it's like, shit. Like if you're yeah. seeing something in a very, cool artistic way goes oh that's really unique and poignant and i felt how they did that but if you just hear someone say say it and it's a bit like damn that's like yeah that rough yeah that sucks man (laughs) again enough all my favorite films have those moments um i think literally every one of my like top five favorite films has moments of like that with dialogue uh 12 rugby men uh uh, Seven Samurai has some good moments like that. It's Wonderful Life has great moments like that. Uh, and I think there's a lot of moments in this as well, like All Quiet on the Western Front, again, like where there's just a dialogue said, like a piece of uh, word and said it. It's like, God damn it. How how in this time period did they master dialogue beats like this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, another scene, if we're, if we're on about scenes in the film, in this film, and certain points in it. I think the second hospital scene is really interesting. Mm. Again, done really well storytelling as well, if we're on about the fact of, like, why did they take clothes? Why did they take the clothes? That means he's yeah. dying. That means going to the dying room. And then... Yeah. And then, uh, and then you got um, uh, Paul being like, I'll come back. I won't die. I'll come back. I won't yeah. die. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like comes out and he's like, I came back from the dead. And it's I'm like, back. Know, I'm back. <laughs> and then like the and like the nurse is like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's like, Yeah, it's a real rare occasion, man. It's like you just <laughs> didn't die. You got wheeled into a room, then you got wheeled out of said room. It's so I, I love it in a sense. Again, that's a, again I, I like a bit of old school classic film cheese. And that is yeah. almost like 
really over the top acting, but it's like it doesn't take away from it because it's so like that is yeah. a silent movie performance that they just saw up and have a boom mic on. Is what yeah, exactly. I'm looking at. That it's just the guy going like it's just repeating because yeah. they're not used. He's probably not you know. Just, just, yeah. I won't. I won't die. I will come back. I won't die. I will come back. And it's like, oh, yeah. this is cool. I like this. This is like nice, like cinematic. Like this is nice cheese, but not, yes. but not corny cheese, but just enough, yeah. enough of like, yeah, I'm watching a film. Nice. One. Yeah. Well, he, I, I appreciated in this acting wise is that like, they don't do the classic, uh, talkies thing where they go like, I'm talking real quiet. No, I'm real loud. I'm upset. It's like, yeah, no, it's, you know, Everyone talks at a regular volume. They talk yeah, like normal people. Yeah, it's normal. Which yeah. is, which is good. Yes, more of this, please. Why? Why is this film not heralded as? Why? You know, it's... I was thinking about this. Where, like, I was watching it when, when the, you know, that thing that was on about the, the shot that like goes over the trench whilst mm. everyone's climbing up. Mm. Uh, I was, I was looking at that and I was like, why the fuck do people bang on about that moving shot in Casablanca? Yeah where, yeah, it go, yeah, where it goes through, where it goes through the bar, and I'm like, yeah, but, but this, and it was like, what, twelve years before? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, why are we talking about Casablanca? Who fucking, who cares, man? I, I, I also think that moving shot, just a brief little detour about it, but yeah. it, it, it's relevant in terms of the con, con, conversation about the time periods and stuff. That moving shot, yeah. Casablanca. I'm sure there was a shot in the film Wings, which is the very first Best Picture winner from like 1927, mm. where you, you probably have seen it. It's that one where it was like, it went through a load of tables, but like, oh, yeah. and it was like a camera that was like on like, almost like a rig from up top. So it wasn't oh, like, yeah. so it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. dollied in. It was like, like hung over, hung over. And it just was like a camera, like going through like, did yeah. it, like a load of tables like that. I'm like, I remember seeing that for the first time. I haven't seen wings yet. Uh, yeah. A difficult film to try and get hold of, actually. Weirdly, yeah, I've seen um, the shot. But... Yeah, I've seen the shot, yeah. and I knew the film, I, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I think there's obviously we're used to when we think of 20s, 30s films, stagnant, still very just yeah. like just let the action go, and I think that's commonplace in comedies. But one thing I'm learning more and more and more, dramas from the 20s and 30s were really experimental, man. Yeah. Like, really wild with it. And it's what... There's a lot of seeing what they could do. Yeah, and what's even more interesting, I think... Uh, well, I also think because of that reason, obviously with comedies, it's like, let me just watch the funny man do the funny thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I need. But with drama, it's like... there's only, if, you, if you've just got a still wide of someone going... Yeah. Audio only listeners, I bet you love that. Um, but, um, <laughs> they had a great time. But um, you're welcome. You know, we need like a bit of like camera inventiveness with that thing. Yeah, that, that usually happened more outside of Hollywood, which also makes a film like this even more impressive because this was mm. a Hollywood production, and they yeah. did do a lot of really big, big, big things. Um, I guess. Um, there's and I we could talk about the filmmaking side of things with it now since that's kind of like yeah. how we went on. Yeah, go for the, it. the editing is really good. Yeah. Really good. I think the first thing that springs to my mind is the first scene in the school. Yes. Where uh 
where you got the teacher being like, you're going to, I can't remember anything he said, but he was basically like, you're going to be the baddest bitch in Germany if you go to war. And you're going to be, you're going to get all the, you're going to get all the girls and you're going to be the, the biggest baddest hero. bitch in Germany <laughs> is the best thing you said <laughs> in a long time. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to do it all. You're going to do it all. <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's like overlaid um, shots of like one of them imagining him in the war, in his yeah. war getup, and then another one imagining him in a horse carriage with women or something like yeah. that. And it's yeah. like, it's like, this on his is... way to Far, Far Away in Shrek 2 or whatever. <laughs> He's having a great time. And it's like, and that's, and that's, and, and then we get like that. And then it's like, okay. And then also I'm used to like certain shots being just wide shots and then we get just a montage of close-up shots of all of them of all of them being like yeah and it's like oh this is and like fastly cut and all that and then like everyone's like throwing papers and the teacher's like i'll enlist you all now let's go and (laughs) yeah there's a lot there's a lot of fun editing things like that where like like you say like overlays and stuff Mm. happen like there's that real sad one at the end it's oh, like, look at all these graves and then look at all these people walking over you know I got, oh. silent nothing no even sound yeah. effects or anything yeah you know, yeah just, just, nothing. just this it's is a, it yeah was that I don't know I need to like look it up but is that like almost the first example of like when the when the end credits hit someone just go of letting the audience go yeah <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, like, like I, everyone sits in silence yeah not not like where it's like duh, 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 and then everyone's like yay yeah. that was a really good film is that like the yeah. first example of like ending a film with people going jesus everyone's like, going, dear, dear christ <laughs> what the fuck yeah. it's like again because yeah it is that that is oh mate the ending is yeah so it's rough out. yeah i yeah well, were you, were you going to say anything else, uh, else about any Edison? Stuff uh, no, no, I, 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 I no uh, it, what I was going to say about the story progression, mm. what I really liked, because obviously after, you know, we get war, 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 it's horrendous. Yeah. And then, yes. And then Paul goes back home, which th- this, I really like this. <sighs> yeah. Really. CD Hunter, this is what you could have done. <laughs> this is what you could have been. If you could have just done anything that all quiet in the western front did yeah or just anything you could have done anything <laughs> what do you mean they they danced yeah i suppose for there's so the, long the, the, for so goddamn long and there's I that mean, i mean there's the good russian roulette scene which is uh, which i'll still stand by no matter my thoughts on that film that is still one of the best scenes in film history yeah it's, if, it's still a great scene even if the film itself isn't <laughs> Even if the film itself is the most boring thing anyone's ever seen. Uh, that uh, Anything with Christopher... No, I was going to say anything with Christopher Walken, but then I remembered how his character ended. <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, yeah. Do you remember that? I No. All right. What, as, what right, happens here? Right, a sli- slight little detour for All Quiet on the Western Front. We'll get yeah, back yeah, to yeah. it. But remember, so there was the moment where, you know, De Niro and... Uh, I forgot who else. But, like, De Niro left. Christopher Walken was the one left... The, yeah. one, the one guy left, and there's that really good scene of him crying in the hospital, and uh, right. quality Christopher, actually legit, really good acting uh, okay. by him. Yeah, and yeah. then we don't see him for a while, and then like fucking De Niro goes back to Vietnam, I think, and then for some reason Christopher Walken is like this Russian roulette machine, 
And then, like, he's, like, what? really, really cold stare to Nero's, like, don't you remember? It's me, your best friend. I, I'm doing a bad impression. But, it's, you know, it's very good. It's me. It's me. And he's, like, he, Christopher Walker may as well have been, like, I don't know anyone. Like, he's really, like, cold face. Oh, like, okay. Like, <laughs> this clearly stuck in Robbie's head. And then it's, I, like, I have no idea what is going on. It only, I only just remembered it now. I'm, like, oh, yeah, he was almost, like, a Russian roulette robot for some reason. And then he like, and 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 there was that moment where like De Niro and Walken played Russian roulette in that moment. And he goes, "It's me, don't you remember? It's me." And then he starts to somewhat remember. He goes, "Wait, Robert De Niro? I can't remember his character's name. Robert Wait, De Niro. is that the actor Robert De Niro? <laughs> Wait, he completely breaks the fourth wall. What? He goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's me. You're, com- you're you're coming back to reality." He basically said that, and then he just then shot. Right, okay. And then Christopher Walken was like. No, Russian roulette, and then shot himself. And then, and then Jesus that. Christ, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. I only remember that because I remember our conversation about that. I just remembered. I fucking. I remembered Christ. us talking about it, and then I then the then the scenes flashed in my eye. It flashed in my head. I was like, <laughs> Oh God, yeah, that did happen. And, oh, d- oh dear Christ! And then the film ended with them coming back from the funeral, and then they started singing "God Bless America." Oh god. <laughs> Do you remember that the film ended? No. The film ended in like the uh, the wake of the funeral and they're all sat quietly around the pub and then they start singing like God bless America and then I was like wait was that <laughs> the point of the film? And then we ended I guess. up and then we ended like on like freeze frame like credits and then I just and then the final shot of John Cazale's entire career was him when he had that dumbass fluffy hat. The- <laughs> with John Cazale. I'm like, oh, in memory of, I guess. <laughs> in loving memory of John Cazal. Um, anyway, that was the best picture winner of that year. Um, <laughs> my dear Christ. No, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, know. it was. Yeah, it won it, yeah, it was. Yes, it was. But anyway, a good war film, all quite on the Western from um, Yes. But yeah, I was a uh, I I really like so Paul went back home because of his yeah. leg. Really good, really good scenes. Yeah. Really good, like, again, n- not lingering on any of those scenes for too long. He goes back home, he talks to his mum, he's yeah. a bit, like, whatever. It's very sad. Yeah, he goes around, he goes back in the school, which was weird to me in the sense of, like, because when I was watching it for the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this being the big finale ending. And then the yeah. film kept going, I was like, wait, hang on, what else happened? Then I remembered, wait, all, wait, the others. Then I remembered yeah. all the other scenes. But, it's in, but, like, so the film, like, he comes back in, and then he goes, go on, tell all of them how mint war is. And he goes, you're all going to die. And he makes, and he's going to make you think it's mint. And then like, yeah. and you've got that, and you've just got like a bunch of them be like, hey, what do you mean? How dare yeah. you speak? <laughs> you've got like that one kid who stands up who all I remember is he's just going like, there, there, there. Doesn't even say anything. He just gets real fuming. And I'm like mate, making angry noises. I'm like, mate, you're the most late twenties looking kid I've ever seen. Yeah, in my life. it's bizarre. <laughs> you're the most nineteen twenties like air quotes teenager. What are you doing? Uh, but that was a really good scene. I liked again. Yeah. Again. Um, oh my god! I keep uh, Lou Ayres again. Lou Ayres acting. He's very just stoic just neutral yeah and and again as you said it's amazing how his way of talking is very modern film it is yeah big time and he's just 
what else did this man do? Because why? Yeah. Did, why? Who don't, is this guy? Why don't I know more of Luez in I got, all honesty? I, I got a notification, by the way, which will be um, which will be perfect uh, for me to watch and then talk about in the intermission. We can cut out me watching it, obviously. Okay. That'll be uh, incredibly boring for both video and audio listeners. Uh, the trailer is out, Oscar. The Super Mario Brothers movie trailer is finally here. It's oh, upon us, dear. And we can uh, and we can hear Christopher Pratt's Mario voice. <laughs> and Are I've we... never been more excited for anything in my goddamn life, quite frankly. Uh, okay, should we tackle on in the intermission? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm looking at Luer's filmography. Yeah. And there's not a lot that I know of. <laughs> and he here. never did a film again. He only did on all quite the work, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, interesting. He this was kind of his fir- one of his first films. Okay, so which he is was mental, is all I'm saying. Yes, he was brought in in the talk era. Then he wasn't like a silent he, star that transitioned. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. He did a film in 1929 called The Kiss. Uh, okay, which, which starred Greta Garbo. Oh, I know the name. I know mm. the name Greta Garbo, uh, yeah. but he didn't have a big role in it from the looks of things. Okay. Uh, so, but yes, this was his, and I think that was most of the actors. To be fair, I think most of the actors yeah. weren't like names, which I guess for like usually for war films that is usually the case. Yeah. Like yeah. They, 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 even today, I mean, look at Dunkirk for Christ's sake. Like yeah, like, yeah, Harry God Styles, damn. Tom Hardy, um, like like uh, nineteen seventeen as well. I mean, it had a lot, of, lot, had a lot of cameos, but, but the two leads in that were I, relatively unknown, right? Yeah, George Mackay, I knew him, but I yeah. didn't know like, but he, yeah. he got big from 1917. Um, yes, exactly. But I'll get back to a relation to 1917 in this actually okay. bit a bit. But I like yeah. that we got that scene, and then we got him being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back to war because I'm healed now." And again, yeah. re- again. It would have been cool to explore a little bit more, but I think that did a really well done job at like a troop coming back home and feeling yeah. and feeling empty. He feels just kind of out of place. He doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing if he's not there. Yeah. And again, things that are still relevant today. Yeah. Which yeah. is again crazy i'm talking about we're talking about a nearly hundred year old film and yeah a lot of the things relevant. they tackle are relevant yeah mental and terrifying all, and, all, and obviously the book's older so yeah crazy but then he goes back to war and the film does a really interesting way of like almost making us feel mm. like oh yeah the boys like it's yeah. like which the is fellas. like where he goes back and it's like oh yeah the familiarity it's like yeah but let's remember what familiarity we're going back into here yes and obviously the film doesn't the film at that point we're in the last 10 minutes i think of the film at this point anyway but he talks to that that one that one guy that's that big goober in that like in in the lake yeah oh yeah Yoo-hoo. yeah Yoo-hoo. <laughs> And he gets really, and he gets really pissed off that he didn't get laid. Yeah, <laughs> he gets really annoyed. You're really irate about it. I'm You're too <laughs> irate, in my opinion, to be honest. I'd say chill the fuck out. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> chill out, dude. Nice little scene as well. I, I like that. Yeah, that, lovely. That, that, that nice little scene of like three of the lads like pulling. <laughs> yeah, and, pretty much. Yeah. 
It's it, good stuff. Uh, but then it's like, then he goes, then obviously Paul goes over to talk to, I don't know the bloke's name, the last bloke in the, in the, uh, towards yeah. the end of the film. And this was the moment where I then remembered this scene. I was like, oh, oh yeah, there was another scene that I remembered. Yeah. And oh my God, it's so tragic, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life. It, it Genuinely genuinely might be one of the saddest <clears throat> moments that we've talked about on this on the intermission yeah I, w- I wouldn't mind almost looking at the films that we have talked about and seeing if it might be well i think it there. probably is the saddest it's up it's definitely up there i know it's it's again it's like we get the familiarity moments like they're, they're dropping bombs and then they lower yeah. down then they go up and it's again it's wild how so casually i was like oh let's just head back then and it goes yeah. up another bomb you see his leg just flop yeah, <laughs> and then he goes, "Okay, let's head up." He goes, "Ah, oh, my shin's broke." Yeah, my shin. And then carrying once again another, and then you just see him limp. And then yeah. they do a really cool close-up of just you see blood on his neck, mm. and that's all I need at that moment. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to see his like, like you know, his hands left on barbed wire, and that's all that's <laughs> left of him. I don't, I don't need to see that. Mate, you know, walking back, talking, still talking to him, which is. Ah, oh, mate. Yeah. Drops him down on the um, uh, first aid area, and he goes, "Sure, saved your time. He's dead." He goes, "No, he's just, just, he just fainted," and he's still yeah. none the wise. He goes, "No, he's dead," and it, he doesn't register until he tries to feed him water, and it's so, so fucking rough. It, it, it's real hard to watch, you know. It's like you you're watching it and you're like, oh, God, this. It's it's it just gets worse and worse as it goes along. It's his reaction in the sense of like he's so broken to not be even yeah. crying anymore. He goes, it's almost like he's like he went back to war to almost see his friends. Yeah, the friends that he has left, and he's like, yeah, yeah, cool, nice, nice, yeah, whatever. And then it's almost like he's there. He goes, well, what else did I expect? Almost, yeah. and he just dumps the war and he's off. And then we and then we get his end, which yes. Where again, he he fucking dies straight up. I mean, I don't know if I would have wanted any other ending to this. No, film. I no, I I think it, it it serves the purpose of ending this story is him dying. I I, I couldn't see any other way of going about it. Yeah, I I don't I I don't know if I would have just wanted to see him back at home because again we saw him at home and it's not. Yeah, good. exactly. Yeah, and it's it's not good. So I think. I think it was the best way to do it. And I think as well in, in what this film's trying to say, having him die by the end makes the most sense. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it, even if it's, uh, it's, it's weirdly artsy. No, it is. I, 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 I almost like how abstract it kind of is without being, yeah. it's like, obviously we, it's not completely random in the sense of like, we get establishment of butterflies to his home life. Yeah. And there's also probably some other metaphor there about why a butterfly. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably you know, something else, but yeah, no metamorphosis or whatever, and uh, going ugly and come out beautiful. And, if I, uh, if if I would put some sort of like analytical film studenty hat on, it would probably you could say like they were only caterpillars when they started, yeah. and then they flourished into butterflies. But even in this area, butterflies never come back. Like, yeah, something like, like that. that. You can look at it in that way, uh, yeah. but you don't. You don't need to overanalyze that to get the film. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, again, it's just you see the guy with the gun, and then you hear this, the, and then you just see his hand drop. 
Yeah. And that's all. That's all. And then we go to that again, that ending. Again, mm. one, I think the gunshot's the last sound of the film. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, one, you don't, you don't, you don't hear like the impact of him hitting the ground or anything. Nah. You, you literally just see him, you hear the gunshot go and you see his hand like scooch back mm. as if he's been hit. And then, he, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then flops. And then, mm. and then the graves and then yeah. the, the shot, which is just, just the most devastating yeah. type of like end frame, I think. And again, talking about it with you now, I would say, I agree. I don't know why this film isn't talked about yeah. more. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Again, we all know all quite on the Western front of the name. Mm. And I think, yeah. I think, and again, my mom read it, read the book. And I think she read it in school. Uh, yeah. But she's also just, I think she's got the book downstairs, actually. I might have to have a. Oh, nice. That. Yeah. From the looks of things, it doesn't, I have a little gander. it doesn't seem like it's a really long book as well. So I might just okay, cool. see. It would be interesting to read literature from yeah. that time period as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's a, um, obviously, I think, I think because even though I knew I liked the film, mm. I just think I remember going into this feeling like a bit homeworky because I don't know about you. Do you remember in English or history? In secondary yeah. school, would you just get stuck on a random old war film yeah. that you have no interest in, but you're just forced to show it? Forced All the to time. Watch it, yeah. So when the, when the history teacher could not be asked to do a lesson and she wheeled in the big telly, you know, <laughs> fuck it, is a is a war film. Uh, do you know what was a, a really weird one that we got given once? This is off topic, so we will get back on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wheeled in the telly and went, uh, "Look, well, I've got this film for you to watch. I think it'd be really insightful for you. Stuck it on." Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in history, um, and we and we yeah, but we were do it. We were in the midst of like World War Two. Oh, so you weren't even in like Western nah. America? Nope. <laughs> so just watching it, like, fuck, is this about? So what's the relevance? I mean, yeah, what is this? <laughs> I think the the only modules that we did that weren't war because we did World War One and World War Two. We we did uh, the Great Depression. All right, but that's but that's not really. That's not that. That's not what. Bush Cassidy is really. Nah. Is it? I can't remember. I, I don't. I don't fucking know. It was the most boring thing I've ever seen. I remember something happened with a related to penises. I can't remember. Maybe someone gets castrated I, or something. I don't, I don't remember. I don't mind Bush Cassidy. It's fine. Uh, but yeah. it, but I also watched it knowing it was a Paul Newman Robert Redford film that I just wanted to watch because it's a fit because for film. I didn't yeah. Show, one the films that we got shown. It's, I want to just while we're like on that little bit of a topic before we wrap up. Um, yeah all quite on the western front was i remember in year eight year eight history we watched what was it we watched the pianist that's when we first watched the oh pianist. yeah uh, we yeah. watched that which i, I need to rewatch again because i haven't seen that since mm. then uh yeah very I, good i know the director's problematic <laughs> yes yeah, no, yeah i know i know we know we know i know, I know. <laughs> um but uh we watched that we watched a thing i think Oh, that was in year nine. We watched Hope and Glory, but I can't remember. I recognize the name of that. I can't remember anything about it, but I think mm. the older sister tried to have sex and we all thought it was a bit funny. I think that was... Cool, what, I think that, <laughs> cool man. <laughs> well, I, well, I wasn't there. Like, Whoa, but you know what I mean? We were, yeah, 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 nine. I think the older sister got a bit promiscuous and then you heard... Uh, okay. Like from those, yeah. from those kids. But there was one point I remember... Um, in year eight history, apparently, because I left the secondary school that I was in for year seven, year eight, uh, mm. while before that school closed down. But Gary stayed there until the yeah. end of year nine. So I was gone at this point. 
but uh, at one point. But Gary said to me that it got just one point where uh, the history teacher, Mr. Duffy, big up Mr. Duffy, love you. Um, that apparently, <laughs> he, apparently he just gave so little of a shit because it's like, we're going to be close. And so literally every history lesson was just sticking on a film. Excellent. Like there was no like a history like a history film. It's not like they yeah. stuck on it's not like we're watching Wayne's World. It was like Yeah, it, it was just stuck on Mean Girls or something. It would just be like <laughs> it would just be like, right, watching the pianist and then we're gonna be watching yeah. Saving Private Ryan, and then we're gonna be watching it's just, you just yeah. just went through World War Two history with a man, I think. Nice. But there was one point where me and Gary we it was we were watching the miniseries, uh the rise I think it was the rise of evil, the Hitler like the rise and fall. Oh uh, yeah. Like yeah, what, I, I can't remember what it, the name of it, but it was a Hitler yeah. miniseries. And there was a point where he was loading up the thing. Oh, we watched Roots in Yara as well. I remember that being really cool. Um, oh. Do you know Roots? No. Kunta Kinte? The the slavery yeah. miniseries. Oh, it's it's really no, cool. I need to rewatch it, but that's re- it's a really good uh series oh, cool. from okay. the eighties. Like a mini series from oh, the eighties okay. on like slavery. It's LeVar Burton who was in it. Right. Uh, that's the nice. do you know the uh, Kendrick Lamar saw King Kunta? Yes, yeah. That's yeah. a reference to Kunta Kinte who was uh, uh, so, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. but there was a point where Mr. Duffy was loading up the Hitler miniseries thing and the projector wasn't on. And there was a good few people already in the classroom. So it wasn't just an empty classroom that just me and Gary yeah. were in. But then it was like, then we just start hitting. It's like the projector wasn't on. And then we just start hearing, oh, oh, faster, faster. And then we were just like, and then me and Gary. What the fuck is happening? And then, and then me and Gary, who we were on two different tables as well, <laughs> looked at each other. No one else was reacting. We looked at each other. We then both looked at Mr. Duffy and Mr. Duffy. Sorry, audio listeners, but this is... I'm just going to do an exact example of what Mr. Duffy did. He was on his computer, and he just went... <laughs> he gave a side <laughs> eye to us. He gave a side eye to us, like, whoops. And then... <laughs> like, I can't remember if it was in the show. I assume... I, 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 I would hope, I so, hope so, as opposed so. to it being <laughs> Mr. Duffy was watching porn and he forgot I, to close his No, time. no, no. I assume it was, like, a thing where, like... Because I could hear a score... So, okay. so, yeah. so, but it was just like, I don't remember watching the scene. I don't remember getting, yeah. but I just remember hearing faster, faster. Uh, and then just, unless being, it was an artsy poem. It might've been, but probably with, wasn't. A, with a score on the top. But I just remember like that just became an in joke between me and Gary. But I was like, how did only me and Gary acknowledge <laughs> this? Class. How did yeah. only us, like we're looking and like other people are just kind of like sat at the tables, like, or like just, Whatever. I'm like, how did you not hear the speakers yeah. blaring sex? Like, come on now, it was, don't be ridiculous. But yeah, but history lessons, the class. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, but so I feel like that's always my perception of all quite the Western Front. Even going into it, like yeah. a few days ago, like like earlier today, like uh, yesterday when I watched it again for the second time. Again, I already seen the film. And I knew I liked yeah. it. But in my head, I'm like, I'm putting on a film from night. I'm putting on a war film from 1930s. Let's go. And then I remember, what, and I'm like, okay. I think as well, my the cover for my DVD doesn't help. The DVD cover was like, it's it's it got released as a part of like when it was like Remembrance Day. So uh, okay. So the cover just makes it look really like November 5th educational. Uh, makes it look really boring. Yeah, yeah. So even putting Shit. in the disc, and I'm like, I know it's not a boring film, but it just lo- I look like I'm going to watch something really boring yeah. right now. And I don't know. I think it is. Again, I need to do a bit more. Uh, I need to look at more about America filmmaking at this point. Mm. But I think it's a really like pivotal 
film for America, for Hollywood yeah. in yeah, this time period. So. Yeah, what about not even just like the topic, which the topic is definitely, I think, important, but mm. for filmmaking and acting and just yeah. general as a film, it's just the really good. It. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And yeah, I, yeah, it's it's solid flick. And the thing that I was going to say in relation to 1917 is, oh yeah, World War One films just do something really interesting that mm. World War Two doesn't don't do. And I think it's because yeah. they're two very different wars. They, they yeah, just yeah, are, yeah, they just are. But 1917 wasn't a film about us and them. It's about just wars happening while this guy's trying to deliver a letter. Yeah, type of thing. All Quiet on the Western Front isn't about us versus them. Again, that's, I can't remember verbatim, obviously, but the opening uh, text. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. really good. I get it's, it's like. Yeah. It doesn't it say something along the lines of, like, this is for, you know, all the people that fought, but then it's for, like, the people that came back who were not, who were also broken or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find the. Uh, okay. Um,. Uh, first lines, we... That's not it. <laughs> That's the book. Hang on a minute. Opening text, 1930. Uh, at the beginning... Oh, that's the. Okay, this is... Uh, okay, I found it. At the beginning of the book, and this is kind of how the film starts as well. Uh, the book, the opening line of the book says, um, "The this book is, is to need is to be neither an accusation nor a confession and least uh, and least all an adventure for death is not an adventure to those who stand face to face with it. Yeah. Love Excellent. That. Yeah, really good. I absolutely love that. Again, I think that sets the whole tone for the film and I think mm. this might again I I prefer other war films. Yeah. I like Apocalypse Now more than this. I do and, not. <laughs> well, you also watched the wrong version. Yeah, of I watched the, the longest version of Apocalypse Now I could have possibly watched. And all but, I'm yeah. saying is you you would have enjoyed it more if you just watched the theatrical version, but that's yeah, not what you baby. had. So, yeah, no. But uh, I like Apocalypse Now more than this, and mm. I like Paths of Glory more than this, which yeah. I wouldn't mind covering if I can fit in. Yeah. Uh, might be my favorite Kubrick film as well, by the way. It's really cool. good. Really good film. Good uh, but this might be the best way of talking about war in a film yeah i think uh, yeah yeah you're probably right um uh but really good really good film uh yeah. all quite on the western front it, of course it's a classic of yeah. course it is but i feel like this film almost needs to be talked about yes more. definitely it's interesting i know i've got it it's in i've got a book of like essential classic films to watch which kind of helped me pick does it look uh, like this? No. Ah, uh, well, it's in this also. I ticked it off in my book. <laughs> the I, I've got a version of 1001 Movies to Watch Before You Die. Yeah. I've got the 2008 version, so that's a old oh, okay. version. That's yeah. a version with that's the version with the Dark Knight on the cover. Oh, so nice. That, that, that's the version that I've got. Cool. Um, but no, it's it's the TCM. It's like. A, it's a TCM book that I've got. Oh, that has, okay. that, that's like essential classic movies to watch. So yeah. there's, you know, and so it's in that and it's yeah. not disregarded, but I think it's more so talked about amongst filmy 
people. Like, yeah. and, and I don't even mean filmy people like us in the sense. I mean filmy, like film historians. Like, yeah, so. n- not not like us fucking nerds. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I know what I'm saying. Like, like, the, like film, like we're like, I don't know, we're a specific type of filmy person, but like there's, yeah. there's, also, there's also filmy people who, you know, they, they're subscribed to, to Coppola's wine business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I know what you're you know, saying. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? The people, I know, the, like, I know the guys <laughs> uh, who, who are like, there's films. You like films after 1960s. What, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. All quiet on the Western front. Absolute. I, it's an exact, this has been an example of a film that I've enjoyed more from talking about it. Yeah. It's a banger. Absolutely, yeah, go watch it if you haven't watched it. If you, you know, it's it's like you say, it's a film that should be talked about more. I think, uh, and and its message is very good and well presented, for, especially for the time. So yeah, would yeah. highly recommend this one. There's a lot to gain, not just even thematically, but also as we said, from a f- yeah. craftsman point of view, from a filmmaking point of view, really yeah. good. Oh, did mention it that one shot where it's mm-hmm. like a load of people going in the trench, and it's just that. Fast ass tracking shot. Oh yeah. I'm just whoosh, just like a side tracking yeah. shot. Mental class. Mwah, chef's kiss. Um but with that being said, should we move on to the intermission? Yeah, it's an intermission time. Shall I watch the Mario trailer and um and get back to you on that? Hang on, can, should we like try to synchronize? Oh it? yeah, let's sync it together. Okay, we can get live reactions to the Super Mario trailer. Hang on. Okay, hang on, we're gonna set this up. Uh, this is gonna all I'm gonna say is this is gonna be a very interesting intermission section. It is indeed. We'll, we'll do this, and then. Um, and then, have, have you got anything? Else, have you got anything else that you need to talk about in the image? I've got one thing. I've got one film. To talk okay. About. Okay. So uh, okay. So we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do this Super Mario bit. Then we'll do the uh, Gangs of the Intermission segment, mm-hmm. and then we'll do what. What have we both been watching this week? We'll do that. Sweet. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna get pull the trailer up right now. Um, Super Mario movie. Leo Bradley's just got back to me. He said, what "Yeah, sure. He's sure. What a he's, bitch. He's free Sunday. If I am, I will be Leo. Uh, will I be on? No. Ah, oh, me, Lewis, and Gary. We're going to be binging the Old Man Michael timeline on on this Saturday in preparation for Halloween ends next week. Oh, very good. Nice. So yeah. Right. Uh, have, have you got it up? I do. I'm going to mute. Okay. You, I'm going to mute me on the microphone so we're uh, okay. overhearing each other. It's a, it's a lovely little Aurora Borealis looking. Okay, thing. if you count, okay. if you count me down, Robbie. If you okay. count us down, three, two, one, play. Yeah, that's a, okay. So the the, the little tease <laughs> at the end was Luigi's in the movie, which we knew. So that's good. Right. Well done, everyone. Right. <laughs> it's just Chris Pratt in it. It's just his he's voice. just doing Chris Pratt voice. He's not. I, like but also, it sounded- but also it it's it wouldn't have won either way. Yeah, All I'm I- saying is, like, if he dropped down and we heard, oh, oh wow, it's like, oh no, we that's what the that be- <laughs> kingdom. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Part of me, part of me wants to hear him go. Here we go. You know, but like also, Mario. but also, also the fact it's he just plugs down and it's just Owen Gravy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just Owen Gravy plops down. <laughs> but it's just I. <sighs> Fine. He does, he, that, he does that. He does, he does one of them to a to a Yoshi. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key was doing a good job as Toad, I suppose, because he was trying. He was doing a voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, good on him. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It didn't even sound like he was doing a New York. 
I would have I appreciated a little New York action, you know, like a Bob Hoskins. Do you know, or, or, or we yeah. keep, this, is, this is a film that we keep bringing up yeah. for some reason very regularly. Remember that moment in Miracle on 34th Street where it's just two <laughs> New York incarnate in the... In the, yeah, in the this is what I want. Just like, hey, have you seen that this sits a letter to Santa Claus? Have you yeah. heard about it? He's in court. You so, what? <laughs> something like that where I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's Italian, but he's like, you know, Italian-American. Yeah, so it would have, you know, but, yeah. but he just plunks down and he goes, what? It's just Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's just Chris Pratt. No, and also, I want to say, I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I care more than I should, I suppose. Yeah. It certainly looks like a movie that's going to exist and that I will see. It will make bank. That's my prediction. It will make yeah. bank. <laughs> It'll make a shit ton of money, just out of people being curious, I imagine. Because you'll... You'll get kids who love Mario, who just want to see it. Yeah. You'll, get, you'll get kids who don't play Mario, but they're like, this looks fun. Yeah. You'll, get, you'll get kids that parents are like, oh, what's the newest ad? What's the Yeah, what's that I can take them to? Yeah, here you go, you little shit. Yeah, <laughs> show up for a couple of hours. <laughs> and then and then, um, and then, then you've got like the grown-ass adults who go like, oh, this is not my Mario, but they yeah. have to pay. But they have to pay to see it three times to make sure they like it. Yeah, and and the late late teens slash early twenties uh, people that are going to go see it ironically because of the <laughs> meme, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway, do you want to do you want to hear some gangs of the intermission podcast? Yeah, go on. What what okay. does what does this involve? I want to say you, I'll, I want to say Robbie's maybe leading the intermission this week. So I'll let's t- see what I'll this tell you, is. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, so I I have here written uh, written here written out for me. I have a transcript, Oscar, from <laughs> uh, from a from a from a microphone that was set up in the uh, in the weekly team meeting of the team Robbie Camp. So what? would you like, would you like <laughs> to hear what's been going? <laughs> what like is? To- what is this? Would you like to hear what's been going on in the in the team Robbie camp this week? Yeah, what has been <laughs> gone? Okay, damn so goddamn my life. So the team meeting uh, began. Uh, they're all sat. They're all. <laughs> 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 they were all. The full team was uh, obviously Tyler was hosting as as team captain. Was uh, he? They're, yeah, they're all sat around in Tyler's mum somewhere else, uh, <laughs> and so. <laughs> is so this when, why? Is this why he's in Redka? Yes, yeah, yeah, this is what's going on. So um, I'll, I'll read the name of the person and then I'll do what they said, all right? Here we go. <laughs> Tyler. Right, Lake. I've called you all here today to discuss the future of Team Robbie and plan an attack on those knobheads at Team Coxka. If you have yet to collect your party bag, please collect your toy <laughs> It has it has cake and pie sausages and a lovely little game for lots and lots of fun like. Sam, Sam Clark. Oh, oh! I've just asked, I've just woke up. Has anyone cracked open a tinny? <laughs> Tyler, no, Sam. This is an alcohol-free zone, like. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Lewis, do you have any ideas on when to stage an attack? <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Tyler. I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy counting these beans Oscar and Robbie pay me. 
<laughs> Robbie says well, one day one will go into a beanstalk. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> At this point, all the team said together, Robbie is bloody lovely, is what they all said <laughs> in unison. Uh, Tyler, yes, he's, he's lovely, but you're all useless like. Has anyone got any ideas? Bang! Suddenly, door is kicked in. Wow! It's Reese <laughs> <it's> Bruce. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late, fellas. Oh, and ladies, of course. <laughs> who, <laughs> who cares if I'm late, though? This is all bullshit. Am I right, fellas? And ladies, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a bit of a cool dude. He thinks he's a bit too cool for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler. Hmm. I, <laughs> I do not... <laughs> I do not care for your blase attitude like Mr. Bruce. Reese. Well, remind me... <laughs> well, remember this bitch. <laughs> I could leave at any time. Tyler. Ugh. And anyway... Joe, have you got any ideas? Uh, Joe. <laughs> Tyler. Ah, fucking stupid suggestion, Joe. We don't have any carpet bombs. Uh, <laughs> and then he stormed out, and that was the the abrupt ending to the team Robbie beating. So a lot of disarray Ta- going on in Robbie Ta- camp at the minute. Ta- Tyler stormed out. Yeah, or Tyler Joe stormed out. Right, no, uh, Tyler stormed out. So um, that's, that's team captain going walkabout. And uh, that 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 raised Bruce is really shaking things up, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's so, you know he's really uh, causing a bit of tension in the in the Robbie camp. So oh. we'll see what's going on with him in in the coming weeks. That that goddamn that goddamn voice. I like how your voice of anyone more northern than you <laughs> is slightly African. I don't know what's going on. It's slightly. Uh, oh god! It's you, you're slightly like leaning into Ugandan <laughs> in your way of doing it. Obviously, I don't know if you'll want that segment to go out because um, obviously we don't want people knowing how we pay Lewis. But uh, um, it might just be. I I kind of want to like make it its own segment just 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 for the fun of it. Um, but. <laughs> So yeah, um, uh, but oh, interesting that Team Robbie have got uh, uh, are holding meetings. Where were you in this situation? Oh, I don't, I don't go. I, oh, um, right. No, this is just something that Tyler likes to do. You know, it makes him feel important. You know, keeps him busy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the whole thing was just built around slandering Tyler. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, so obviously he's getting a bit fed up of his team, so maybe he'll revolt or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. He stormed out when Joe yeah. made a suggestion of carpet bombers. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, and obviously, them referring to you as Team Coxka is isn't very nice, is it? I mean, it's not really. It's not even clever, Tyler. Oh no, it's not. Is it's, it? It's not even like my name's Oxa. No, no exactly. You, you had to really exactly, stretch yeah. it, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, well, unlike Robbie, well, unlike Robbie, I will be there for his birthday, so I'll. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll see yeah. it happen. I'll I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll listen to this segment because he, he, uh, he was sending me, he was sending me videos of him laughing at us 
um, talking about him last week. So, oh, was I imagine, he? Yeah, I imagine he'll enjoy that. Uh, I like how he excludes me from this. You know, ah, he sends uh, me on bloody Snapchat, doesn't he? Crazy. Yeah, this is the reason. Bloody Snapchat. He's always, he's always on it. He's always on that bloody wait, Snapchat. Wait, I like to think he sent you just him on his own, just laughing and watching <laughs> it. No, he, was, he was in a lecture. He was in like Hutch's lectures. <laughs> oh, if it, I wish it was Hutch's. I yeah, wish I, was, I wish he would have had the balls to just turn to his right and log on to the computer yeah. in the classroom and just stick on the intermission. That'd be fantastic. But yeah, anyways, the, um, st- stink on the intermission for the morning and lunch because that's how long it would be. So yeah, uh, either either ne- next week maybe we'll check in with Team Robbie again, see if anything else is going on, or maybe we'll even have a look at Team Oscar and see what they're up to. Uh, I, I I can ask uh, I can ask Angus um, yeah. if anything's happened there. They may they might be doing Absolutely. meetings, but I don't know. I don't have any. I don't know. I don't know if there yeah. has been any meetings. Uh, I'll have to see. We might not operate by that, but mm. you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Um. Right, the segment of uh, what what we've watched. <laughs> yeah, what well, what have we been watching, eh? So, Robbie, uh, what have you what have you been watching, Robbie? I'll tell you, I've got two things that I, I can say I've been watching because I'm I'm two weeks behind now on on Rings of Power and uh, House of the Dragon, so I've got nothing to add there. Um, but I I went to see Don't Worry, Darling. Me and Julia uh, went yeah. to see it. What a crock of shit, eh? Oh, it's, 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 it's real bad, real bad, isn't it? Everything I said last week, do you do you understand? Do you yeah, like... I can't care. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. It suck. It absolutely fucking sucks. Do you know what is a? But the, the only new piece I'll add to the conversation about it is um, the, the sound design is awful. I Weird. just yeah. Every single time that something bad or ominous happens, the same like, yeah. <laughs> it is the same one every time. Um and also the the scores weird. They like yeah. did they, they did like June, but it's it's like ladies being like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. Um yeah, anyway, bad bad movie, don't go see it. <laughs> My June yeah. score. Don't don't go, don't go see it, everyone. It's really bad. I mean, but I mean if you I mean if you're if you were going to see it, you've probably seen it by now. So I was gonna say I don't think anyone's still holding out. No, exactly. They're not holding out for my fucking opinion anyway. To see, um, wor- what did Julia think? Did she think exactly the same? She was like, it was fine. And I was like, uh, all right. <laughs> she, she was like, I didn't hate it as much as you did, but like, it's okay. It's fine. It is, it is definitely a film. Yeah, it's I, definitely I, a film that, that exists. It's definitely a film that I sat in the cinema and watched. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the other thing I've watched was uh, today, actually. Uh, I watched it. Um, I watched it before I went to work. Uh, She-Hulk, latest episode of She-Hulk this morning. Finally, so I can happily report everyone that I don't have to talk about this show anymore. Uh, I'll I'll watch it again. But there's only one episode left, so they've they've waited until it's like the finale, so that I'll have to watch the finale next week, and then I'll mm-hmm. be done with it. Uh, but yeah, the, the Daredevil was in it. Finally, he showed up, uh, and uh, he was excellent. It was everything I've ever wanted from him. Nice. He was. God, he's the fucking suavest man in the world. He showed up, I shit you not, Oscar. He shows up in this one episode, uh, fucks She-Hulk, and leaves. All right, all right, okay, it's that's straight that's up, it. <laughs> straight up, fuck. It's the best thing in the world. She, she's suing someone, and he's the defense lawyer. So they're battling each other in court, and then there he go. Then she goes out superheroing on the evening and bumps into Daredevil, not knowing that it's him. 
Then they have a little fight. Uh, and then they do a, this stop a crime together. And then she's like, when are you meant to be going back to New York? And he's like, ah, oh, tomorrow. And she's like, ah, oh, that's annoying. And he's like, yeah, well, ne- next time I'm in LA, we- I'll take you out to dinner or something. She's like, oh, we could just go back back to my place and, and fuck. And then they do. <laughs> Uh, and then the last time we've seen Daredevil, so this is canonically the last time we've seen him until he right. next shows up, wherever he right. shows up down the line. In uh, his own di- show. Yeah, in his own, uh, he might be an echo, but yeah, in his oh. own show. Um, he's doing the walk of shame from She-Hulk's house, and it's the nice. best thing in the world. It's nice. just, it's him in the, at like 7am or something, and he walks past a lady, like walking her dog in the morning, and it's him in full costume. But without the boots on, he's just barefoot and he's just walking and holding his boots in his hand, <laughs> doing the walk of shame. And it's absolutely fantastic. So, absolutely boss move from Charlie Cox coming in, being quite easily the best performance in the entire show, fucking the lead character and then leaving. <laughs> good, good on him. <laughs> good for you, Charlie Cox. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just excited to see him again and to see that they haven't ruined him. So, that's nice. good. Uh, so, yeah, the show continues to be painfully average. What do you want cool. from me? Cool. What have you been watching, Mr. Oscar? Uh, I watched a load of Marilyn Monroe in uh, to, yeah. to to watch Blonde. Um, mm. Before I get into Blonde, because that will be the ma- the majority of what I'll talk about. Obviously, we uh. talked about the seven-year rich last week in anticipation. But I thought, mm. you know what? There's a load of Monroe films to rent on Prime, so I'll just do that, and I'll yeah. just do that before watching Blonde because why not yeah. I so obviously Seven Year Itch but then I watched then what was the one for, hang on let me get my letterbox diary up so I can recall what hell um, yeah man well, I didn't I didn't rewatch some like it not because I just know that film. I, I, I wanted yeah. to make I wanted to make an effort to watch films I hadn't seen yes from her thing so I watched um, a film called Let's Make Love which falls into the post Strasbourg era of Monroe, and nice. it's a film. It's a film that I enjoyed quite a bit. It was a nice little funny rom comy musical ish type of not mu- musical, like cool. as in like they yeah. sing songs, but it's part of the film. Like they're they're yeah. in a play type of thing. It's a funny oh, little. Okay. Pre- it's a funny little premise. It's a premise of like the main guy is like this really like rich like bloke. Who like artisty, and they find out that he that he's being portrayed in this play that's meant to be taking the piss, like type oh, of okay. thing. So then he goes to this play to see what it's like, like the rehearsals for this play. Goes to see what's like. Marilyn Monroe's there, and you know, and then nice. it's a it's a big like musical number with her, and he's like, "Wow, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen." You know how a Marilyn Monroe film always ends up going, uh, and then but no one recognizes him <laughs> as. The guy they think, oh, you you're really good at being him. You you look very similar. And then he gets yeah. cat then he gets cast as him, but he's oh, not fantastic. but he's not an actor. So it's one of these like it's one of these fun little like yeah. rom commy things, really. Would, would I would I uh would I hate it? Is it no. is it one of those comedies from that era where everyone's just a terrible bloke and that's the joke? I mean you like seven year rich. Oh, okay, so yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah you like yeah. Seven Year Rich, and that's exactly what that film was. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> everyone's awful, and that's, that's, exactly that's the joke. Is. No, there's there, there's a bit there. I think you would enjoy it. It's a good. Oh, one. Okay, cool. Uh, that's, yeah. that is Let's Make Love. Then I watched Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which mm-hmm. is her other really iconic one. This was before Strasbourg. 
okay. she's still really endearing and funny though in it. It's a musical comedy mm-hmm. uh, with her and Jane Russell in it, and mm-hmm. uh, she's and it's again that's a bit of like a musical rom comy type of thing as well. I really nice. enjoyed the premise. It's it, it's a, there's a lot going on in the plot, but okay, all for funny comedic points. Nice that type of thing. It's that's from like 1953, so it's like an early 50s light comedy type yeah. of thing. That was enjoyable. I then watched the same day. I watched Niagara, which came mm-hmm. out the same year as Jim Prefer Blondes, and that was a film noir in color, and that was Ooh. a really a really cool. Really cool, like oh, nice. classic noir story. Like yeah. is the best way. Like she was the fe- Marilyn Monroe was the femme fatale type cool. of thing, and That's so she, and she does really good femme fatale type of things nice. with it. Uh, and the premise of that is like a married couple go on to their honeymoon to Niagara uh, next to the the falls, and within this uh, in this holiday lodge place is Marilyn Monroe and her husband, who's played by Joseph Cotton. Um, mm. And there's a bit of a thing where Marilyn Monroe wants to try to kill her husband, Ooh. Joseph Cotton, because she's in, she's seeing another bloke and she's... A, it's 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 yeah. that type of thing. And the and, okay. this cu- and this couple who are on the honeymoon are caught in the middle of it all. So it's all... Nice. It's it, really cool film noir stuff. So yeah, that, and then the last Marilyn Monroe film I watched was her final film, The Misfits, uh, which oh. was a really, really good, really good nice. film. That's a film that uh, was written by her then husband, Arthur Miller, uh, based off right. a book. And the whole point of that was she wanted to try to be, she didn't want to do the same old blonde ditzy role. Mm. And it really good performance by her. It's yeah. and it's also got Clark Gable in it, his final performance as well. Um, he died a week after the production wrapped actually from heart attack. Oh, shit, in that film. Uh, that and a young Eli Wallach is in it. Fe- oh, uh, I love that guy, yeah, this love, guy, that guy, yeah, yeah, Godfather Part Three, and also Montgomery Clift is in it. And it's cool. uh, really, really good. It's it's a film that follows just four broken people, nice. really, but. Excellent. Really well done. Really good film. It's a film that like it ended, and then me and my mum were like, my mum was like, "Well, that was uh, that was some film." It was one yeah. of those times. It was a really, oh, okay. really, really, really good. And then I watched Blonde that same day. So this is yeah. where the majority of the things coming in. Okay. The, I don't know how much you keep up. Have you been keeping up with conversations about I, this film, Robbie? I I I know generally things. What do you know of? I know that it's. I think it's controversial because it's not actually what happens to her. It's based, it's a film adaptation of a book that used the idea of Marilyn Monroe as a person as the lead character, but didn't actually, it's not about her life. Yes and no. Okay. Which is because I discovered the book uh, is Joyce Carol Oates written by Joyce Carol Oates. Is a yeah. fictional book. Yes. It's not yeah, a yeah. biography. But it really is. To- Again, I don't know how the book's presented, but the film mm. is presented very biographical, but yeah. still tells us things that did and Aren't did not true. happen. It, yeah. But it's weird because they tell some things that are true. Like, uh, okay. We, like, we, like, they get, we see her marriages, and yes, she was married to Joe DiMaggio. Mm. And yes, she was married to Arthur Miller. Yeah. So there's things like that, and they get things like that right. 
Right, okay. I'm, I'm going to spoil Blonde, by the way, in case people are mm-hmm. curious or whatnot. It's a weird fucking film, man. And it's a right. film that, like, when I come out of it, it's bleak. It's yeah. just kind of grim. Mm. And um, and it's nearly three hours of just oh, grim. Oh, Jesus. It's like two hours, and four, it's two hours and 46. So yeah. it's not... It's not a breeze to watch this film. Yeah, no. uh, a few positives I have to say: this the cinematography is fucking borderline groundbreaking. I would oh, say okay. it's yeah. absolute gorgeous. It's like in the same way that I would praise Euphoria for their cinematography. Oh, okay, it's yeah. that levels of just outstanding, just stunning images. But this is also where I can. But this is. But it can. But I can also imagine this is a the shooting style of this film will piss a lot of people off because uh, especially one Robbie Tweedale in the sense... Oh, for fuck's sake. Does it do the fucking... Some things are in black and white, some things are in colour for no reason. And also they switch... for fuck's sake. And also they switch aspect ratios like a mother. Oh, fuck (laughs) off. How fucking pretentious can you be? And the reason for this, because there is a reason that they're basing... The image, the the mo, the things that they are, they're basing the images off photos and footage. So right. the reason, so when Andrew Dominic, the director, when he's choosing for a film to be full cinemascope in color, it's because that scene's taking place during a film that was in full cinemascope in uh, color. Okay, and there's moments where that there is a frame that's in four by three in black and white because it's based off a behind the scenes photo that was in four by three black and white uh yeah all right but there's so it's there's a reason for it yeah but there are moments where we just get scenes that we literally go from four by three black and white and then 16 by nine color yeah like the exact same scene not even a different scene just the exact same scene so yeah, just okay. like that, which I can appreciate. But, and when it's in black and white, it looks gorgeous. When it's in color, it looks gorgeous. They when they use the framing right, when they use four by three framing, they use it excellently. When they use widescreen framing, it's used excellently. So cool. they do all these things really well. Nice. And the score by Nick Cave and someone else that I can't remember is haunting. It's, right. It's a really good score. But it almost does sound like a horror film score. Oh, okay. Which is, again, interesting. And the openings... The opening of the film... The first scene is Norma Jean, Marilyn Monroe's Mm. real name, is her as a child with her mother being abusive. And it's not a fun scene. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a fun film one bit. I would say there's... I could understand if you've been hearing things about this film is just making Marilyn Monroe a victim and it's just beating the shit out of her, basically. Yeah, it is. This film doesn't let her have one moment fine. So you're you're just you're either seeing her as a child being just horrific in a horrific situation with her mother. You we then go from that scene to a scene of her in her very first audition which involve, which results in her getting bent over a desk and raped by the producer. Um, apparently, a situ- a moment in reality that did not happen yeah. in real life. Marilyn That's Monroe, one that I'd heard about. Yeah, I know Marilyn Monroe is a survivor of rape. I know that, but not. But I think it was. Oh, it it was 
might be in the foster home. I can't remember. Right. Okay. But it was not from a movie producer. I will say yeah. that. It was from another point in our life, which I'm like, which I want to get, I'll get into the ethics about biopics after this in a bit, actually, yeah. after my overall thing about Blonde. But there's that. So you're watching that. And then this is the, and then there's scenes that I got really confused at because then there's a section early on in the film where Marilyn is in a polyamorous relationship with Charlie Chaplin Jr. and someone else Jr. that I can't remember the name of. Um, okay. Again, two real people that existed. And again, it's really cool how they shot the sex scene in this. And yes, unlike Don't Worry Darling, this is a sexual film. <laughs> there is, uh, okay. there is yeah. plenty of sex in this film. Uh, I'm not right. sure if not sure if it warrants an NC-17 rating in America. It definitely warrants an 18 rating in the UK. I will mm. say that this film definitely yeah. fits within the 18 rating. But there's a moment where they are where they first have sex. Marilyn Monroe, Charlie Chaplin Jr., and someone else Jr. Um, that um, it goes really like like kaleidoscopic at one point. It's quite mm -hmm. drifty and dreamy. And then there's one point where we get a close up of one of them led beside her facing her and then again from her point of view as she's getting as she is proceeding yeah. having sex with someone else and then there's a moment uh, with the bloke and then there's a moment where it's a wide shot of her kind of over the bed that the bed the mattress ends up transitioning into the niagara falls as she's uh, as she's okay. having sex and then they fade and then we're seeing stuff from the film niagara Okay, that's it, quite cool. And, and then we see her in the cinema with her two boyfriends watching yeah. Niagara. And they do it. And they, uh, you know what they did in Once Upon a Time of Hollywood where they just stuck Leonardo DiCaprio in The Great Escape? Yeah. yeah. Really well done, but you could see that, how they did it. Yeah. They do the same thing here with multiple films, with Anna mm. de Armas as Marilyn Monroe in these films. And there's there's so many times where I'm like, is that? Real or is is that the film or is that and it it's all yeah. Anna Diamas, but there's a moment where they superimpose her in some like it hot later on in the film. They show mm. you know the scene where she's jamming ice, where she's Oh yeah. Yeah in yeah. the in the thing. They show that scene, but they play the scene with um Tony Curse mm. and Anna Diamas is in the oh. frame with Tony Curse. That's a madness. And it's like I'm, that, I'm gonna do some research how they how they did that. So visual cool the effect. So visual effects, yeah. incredible. Like the yeah. like this, like I would I would say this might be one of the best film, the best made one of the best made films of the year. Technically, yeah. it's outstanding. And it's in a similar way to how Euphoria is, I think, in the mm. way of like maybe someone like a young filmmaker person would have bunched this up on Netflix. Yeah. They wouldn't give a shit about the film, but they would be like, they'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's amazing. How did they do that? And all that yeah. stuff. So technically it's great. And I will highlight as well, Anna Darmas is not a fault in this film as well. She's mm. great. She's in every scene of the film. Um, granted, she does play a caricature of Marilyn Monroe. She doesn't uh, okay. play Marilyn Monroe, but also that's what she's been directed to do. Yeah. So, that's, the, that's the film that yeah. she's been asked. That's the role she's been asked for. And she does yeah. a really good job at it. She's really cool. good. Really good in the film. Um, Adrian Brody, he plays Arthur Miller. Mm. Um, he's really good in it as well. And even to the point of where I'm watching those two, Anna Darmas and Adrian Brody, as Marilyn and Arthur Miller, and I'm like, 
I would have just wanted a film about Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller's relationship with these two yeah. as those characters, which is also a very interesting point in Marilyn's life anyway. Yeah. And I think that would have... Because they, they met, which this film doesn't cover, so this mm. wasn't written in the book, but they met each other because uh, Marilyn Monroe was in a bit of a romantic thing with Elia Kazan. Um, oh, right. The director of East of Eden and, and uh, On the Waterfront... Yeah, um, and he's mates with Arthur Miller, so that's how they met and knew each oh. other. And when Marilyn and Elias started, ha- stopped having a bit of a fling. I don't think they were ever in a relationship. I think it was literally just a bit of like a, yeah, like I'm successful, so are you. We're both <laughs> we're both Hollywood top notches. Should we just have a bit of a shag? I think it was like that type yeah. of situation. Uh, okay. And they knew each, and they got to know each other through that way. Uh, mm. The film portrays it like Arthur Miller discovered. Uh, found out who Marilyn Monroe was through Lee Strasberg's acting studio, which is not how it happened. Um, uh, okay. But there's things like that. There's one, there's, again, like that, Anadamas is really good, but again, I do find her a bit like, oh no, it is just very character charactery of Marilyn yeah. Monroe, so that bit can get a bit old. <laughs> In all yeah, honesty, it can get a bit stale. It, it could get a bit, I get it. You're, you're just, you're very breathy Marilyn Monroe and just... Oh, the world's against you. It's it gets like and you and I'm there for two hours and forty six minutes, uh, like yeah. that. Um, there's one scene which I find very, um, what's the word I can describe with this? Interesting. Um, uh, okay. And I'm going to explain it. There's a. It's late. It's in the latter half of the. It's in the third act of the film, mm. and the <clears throat> scene starts with her kind of dozing on and off. Uh, on an airplane from taking pills, uh, right. which is how she did die. She died from pillow dose, uh, mm. from my understanding. Um, so they start dropping hints that that's what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Then she ends up waking up, and the, the stewardess is like, oh, Miss Monroe, Miss Monroe, you, you have to get off the flight now. And there's just two bouncery blokes who take her, who, and she's kind of a bit like, blur, whatever. They're in New yeah. York. They're in New York. Uh, they're taking her to see the president, John F. Kennedy. Um, <laughs> mm. And if you know the rumors of Marilyn Monroe and JFK, you know. Yeah. You know, so they end up taking her in and they end up, they end up um, kind of like, oh, sir, they never say JFK. They say the president. And there's an actor who does a very good JFK impression and he looks oh, okay. and, and he's very and he looks a lot like JFK so mm. they're not hiding it is all I'm saying yes. um, and then they bring Marilyn Monroe in to uh, JFK's bedroom where he's led in the bed on the telephone trying to organize some political thing um, right. and uh, the scene eventually evolves into him going like like Come on, baby, just do it. So she gives him a hand job. He's like, "Don't be shy," and then he shoves her head down on his dick. And, 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 oh! And then the shot that proceeds is a close up of Anna, a close up of Anna de Armas, where the framing is very much so like the top of the frame is here on her. And the bottom yeah. of the frame is just oh, below. No. And the bottom of the frame is just below where you would yeah. see and you see it happen and then we get then get a closer and they don't make us it's so unsought because there's a telly on in the 
background as well where you see like um when he when he first gives her a bit of a look you see like a missile yeah. raise up <laughs> i'm like oh come on come Dude, on I'm and, like, then, and, and then when he's just and then when he's just about to finish you see the missile go and then yeah he, and then he orgasms yeah. and then yeah <laughs> i mean like uh, so really so it's you know just, it's just we're really doing shit like that yeah. We're really doing shit like we're just going to do a random scene where she gets raped by the president. Basically, yeah. Great. All right. uh, it's just not comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just, at that point, and I'm not someone who's, I don't like uncomfortable films. I rated Irreversible four stars and that has a yeah. scene where Monica Bellucci gets raped in a... In a um, in a, like an underground railway, like a subway bit, you know. Yeah. It's, but that's you know, I know why I'm getting involved with that film. I like Antichrist. <laughs> you yeah. know, I I watch yeah. Antichrist, but I can get behind that. I know it. It's what's weird about this this film specifically is that, and this is why I can lead into the ethics of what I think a biopic mm. is really. And I think the film would have been really well done as like a horror story, and I can yeah. understand people using Marilyn Monroe as an example of that, but I feel like when, like a horror story of fame and what fame can do, yeah, the the things of fame, the two films I'm going to use as an example that do that amazingly are two documentaries, though. It's the mm. Amy Winehouse documentary, yes. and, it, and it's the Kirk Cobain montage of Heck documentary, that both of those films, I look at those two films, and I go, those are terrifying, those are outright horror films, yeah. That's because, but we're seeing things happen like that. And I think there's... And I'm not saying this story can't have been told, mm. but it just felt really distasteful. Yeah. In a way. And not, yeah. I'm not even saying it in the sense of like... It's a, but at the point of like, yeah, Marilyn Monroe, the whole, po- the whole like thing with her is like she kind of became just a symbol. And one thing that we kind of discovered within the seven year itch it's like mm. yeah she may have only got hired for her looks and that but she's actually much more than that she was yeah, really she's incredibly talented. talented yeah and i'm like and i would have liked to have known a little bit more just about her and yeah. it's and the best way to describe it is like this film is almost just like a kaleidoscope of just stuff yeah like we just I, shit i never feel like i know marilyn monroe or i never feel like i know right, norma okay, jean yeah. i'm watching a load of really appealing appealing shot stuff that's just kind of things yeah. that happen i'm like i don't know man and it's like yeah. cause the whole and the whole other things i'm just not sure about the film in terms of how it makes me feel is the uh there's the whole film is the whole point of the film is trying to show that marilyn monroe has that norma jean has father issues uh mm. she never knew her father yada yada she has this perception on who her father is it's heavily, okay. insinu- it's heavily insinuated that she assumes Clark Gable as a dad, which is a thing that she kind of said in real life. She said she looked at Clark Gable as her father when growing up, but like as a right, father, okay. but as like a father figure. Yeah, was, not literally her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that, and so there's that, and so the whole film kind of goes into whenever she has a relationship with a man. So we get the polyamorous relationship between Charlie Chaplin Jr. and blah, 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 and someone else yeah. Jr. Um, again, I don't know if I mentioned it. There is no factual any hint that she, her and Charlie Chaplin Jr. were 
ever romantically related. Oh, right, okay. There's not, so it's a really random that, Yeah, that's weird. Thing. She married Joe DiMaggio, who's played by yeah. Bobby Cannavale in this. Okay. Um, never said Joe DiMaggio, but he's a but baseball player. But it's a baseball ah, okay. player yeah. who marries Marilyn Monroe. So Joe yes. DiMaggio. And yes. Adrian Brody as Arthur Miller, who is said, who is verbally said as Arthur Miller. Yeah. And any time when she's in a relationship, um, Marilyn proceedingly only calls them daddy. Uh, so, and there's a good chunk of each of these scenes. So we see her looking at Adrian Brody going, uh, just going like, um, would you like, would you like some, would you like a drink daddy? And it's just uh, like, why am I, why am I like watching a daddy kink? Play out. Yeah, this is strange. In, with, with it, so there's that, and there's things like where I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It's, yeah. it's just really, it's just really odd, and it's just like, I feel like just the general, like this is my thing with biopics. I feel, I feel like mm-hmm. you're, oh, you're playing dangerously with like people's real lives. Yeah, and I know this yes. is based, I know this is based on a fictitious book, but. You're still saying, this is Marilyn Monroe. Let's watch Marilyn yeah. Monroe's life. Yeah. Essentially. And it's just, when I'm watching this woman just get absolutely just run through the ringer. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that like a film can't be unpleasant. I can be fine with unpleasant films. Yes. There's just something a bit more uh, when it's, Someone, it's a bit it's a bit more gross when you're fabricating things about a real person that existed. It's when it's fabricating. Because even if all yeah. this even if all of this happened in Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn Monroe was exactly how it is, I yeah. could get behind it because then it's like, oh, you're intentionally putting us in an uncomfortable place to make us feel how she felt. Yeah. But when I'm again, when I'm looking at scenes and stuff that are not real, mm. I'm like, well, what's the point? What am I looking at? Um yeah. Carsten Runquist said a good uh, gave a good example of a film that uh, did it a lot better uh, was Spencer was a film that oh, yeah. took yeah. a real life person and a real life event that kind of made a bit of a fictitious story around it. Yeah. But again, did it very tastefully, I would say. And Spencer yeah. is just a lot better. And Spencer also does really good cinematography, like interesting cinematography decisions as well. So you could be artsy fartsy while yeah. still feeling respectful, I think. Yeah, exactly. And it's weird because some people start uh, there there are apparently I, I haven't I haven't delved too far into the in blonde discourse because there's a lot of it. There's, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people saying how disgusting the film is and mm. it's, it's the worst film of the year. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's not. It's not the worst film of the year. Yeah. Um it just it just isn't. I just don't think there, there, there's yeah. two. There's enough good in it to where you could you, where it's like that, okay, that's a good that's a good film there. Yeah. Um, I, I heard someone say it's Marilyn exploitation. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I can understand yeah. that. Um, but um, there's all but then there's people like oh, there's a lot of people like Mulholland Drive got this uh kind of reception where people didn't really like it, but within years it kind of got its appreciation. I'm like, right, the difference between that, between Blonde and Mulholland Drive is one, David Lynch is yeah. not an arsehole, which 
I'll get into certain <laughs> comments that Andrew Dominic has made. Uh, yes, I've seen a couple of these. Uh, I'll just say, he basically said that gentleman before, prefer blondes is just, I can't remember the exact quote. He used the he used the word horse to describe the film, and I'm like, yeah. And I think he was open in the fact of like he didn't know much about Marilyn Monroe before taking on the project. He just knew, I'm like, what did you, what was the point? So yeah, what are you doing? So his yeah. whole purpose was just to slag her off in that set, or like yeah. you use the image of Marilyn Monroe to tell a very yeah grim story. Which I'm like, why, why? Yeah. Um, but um. What was I saying? Andrew Dominic. Oh yeah. So, uh, but there's people who are obviously uh, about Mulholland Drive, and but but mm. also the thing with Mulholland Drive, it's fictional. It's yeah. it's a it's a film it's that entirely is entirely fictional. It's a film that is very abstract, very interesting. There's a lot to say in Mulholland Drive. I don't feel like I'm the right person to talk about Mulholland Drive because I've only seen it once, and I don't think it's one of those films that you can have a <laughs> correct opinion on. Only seen it once. I don't know yeah. what the fuck happened. I know I liked it. Don't know what the fuck happened though. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. But that's fictional, and. You know, we talk about films like 2001 or The Shining that didn't get great reviews at the time. But then with overtime, people can be like, no, it's really good. Yeah, fictional stories. And I know yeah. what you're saying. Well, it's based on a fictional book, but it's using nonfiction people. Yeah, it's like if you have to get into that kind of technicalities when talking about the book and saying, ah, oh, well, it's based, it's using the character of of the idea of the person Marilyn Monroe to tell a fictitious it's like hey man maybe just don't adapt it yeah I, I like I, I, from what I understand anyway from, from reading that I've done on it is like the book wasn't particularly well reviewed I when think the, the book came out I think the book was more well reviewed than the film I think oh it's uh, definitely more well reviewed than the film but I think people generally when it was like mixed to negative for the for the uh, for the book and I'm like, people already thought this was kind of a weird gray area before you even adapted this. Like, what? Why would you choose to do this apart from the, you know, the controversy and the yeah, sparking up conversation? It's weird. It's it's a film that I think as well. Like, and someone else made a comment being like, oh, about like, do you think we'll look in like a few years we'll look at Blonde the same way we looked at Mar- uh, Mulan Drive and then someone went, I think what Blonde will end up being will in a few years' time we'll, people will go, do you remember that time when they made a Marilyn Monroe film without a Darmas? And they go, oh yeah, that did happen. I feel like that, because yeah. I'm already starting to like, like I'm over the, the quotes controversy of this film. Yeah. And now I am starting to be like, oh yeah, I remember it was a really well shot film. Yeah, but <laughs> that's that, that's that, pretty much it. And that's what I'm walking away with this film from in all honesty. It's really aesthetically pleasing yeah. and there's a lot there's a lot, man. Oh dude, there are a lot of shots in this film where I'm like, fuck, I would love to recreate that, man. That'd yeah. be so oh, good. Okay. I, like there's a lot of shots where I'm like, the way they do almost say meet cute between Marilyn and Arthur Miller. Yeah. It's oh brilliant. They do like a like they're like on the other end of the room type of thing mm. from each other and they do a thing where the camera starts off wide then it's gliding into each of them and oh, they cool. and they have the shallowest of focus which you know I'm a fan of yeah where, where, where like the only thing in focus is just almost the front part of the face and even the ears out of focus it's like ah oh, oh, that's cool oh, it's yeah. just, it, it, again just really pl- you know what I would love to just watch like a compilation a cinematography compilation of the film of this yeah yeah you, you know like those yeah. videos like that channel the beauty of 
Yeah, yeah. And it, I would just watch that. Yeah. And that's all I would need from this film, really. Uh, yeah, Blonde, it's a film that it happened. Certainly and, exists. And I think, and I think, and again, I would have, again, I would have, it's a shame because we can't get this now. I would have loved an Arthur Miller and Marilyn Monroe story with Adrian Brody and Anna Damas. Yeah. Because yeah. that would have been a very interesting point. And that's my also point with biopics. Can we lay off doing life stories with biopics? Can we yeah, stop it? Yeah, just pick it? a point. Pick a portion, man. Can we just stop it? And I get it. Because yeah. we've had two this year in the sense like, because the issue was they're not given these stories enough time. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, now we're going to give the stories enough time. Mm. And it's like, Right, you've given me three hours of Elvis and three hours of Marilyn Monroe, but you still, yeah. I still felt like I didn't know anything about these people. <laughs> yeah. I still like, I think, feel like, like I think what we've learned, because Bo Rap came out and then everyone was like, ah. yeah, I mean, it came out, right? Um, boy, boy did it. Yeah. Um, it came out and then we were like, oh, well, it's just, it's dull and it, there's no style to it. And yeah. we didn't learn, and you just crammed a whole life in like an hour and forty. Rocket Man yeah. came out. Rocket Man's better, and Rocket Man is a good film. I don't love. Yeah. I don't. I don't love it as much as you do, Robbie. But I do. Yeah. You know. But my issue with that is like, right, you did something different. You did a musical thing with it, but you still crammed a man's life in like an hour and forty or yeah. whatever. So I'm like, okay. Elvis. We got nearly three hours of a Baz Luhrmann Elvis film. Jesus. And the most I can say about that is we got a Baz Luhrmann film that Elvis Boy, is in. Did we? <laughs> so, Christ. And then we've got a nearly three-hour Marin Splantation film about Marilyn Monroe. So how about this? No matter how, no matter what style you do, yeah. No matter how long you make the film, can we just have a section of a life? Yeah, you don't need to do the whole thing, man. Again, I think like one of my biggest issues with with biopics is when it's like when they're doing that and you're doing these time skips and stuff. It's very hard to keep track of how many years have gone past. Yep. Even I'm, in the best ones, like even the ones that I like, like Rocket Man, it's very difficult to know where in his career you're up to at that point. Oh yeah, I would say right, and I'll go through to end the point on this section. Yeah, because uh, I just thought oh, I'll list some good based like based on real people stories yeah. that do things well. I would say the social network, yes, uh, because the social network is not about a person; it's about an event. It's about yes. a situation, which I think also makes the pill swallowers uh, easier to swallow. Because yeah, because it, it's not like we're not looking at the Mark Zuckerberg biopic. Yeah, we're looking at how Facebook came a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Steve Jobs, you're on about time skips. Oh, hell yeah. Just apparently, it picks three different points in that man's life and just goes, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Uh, that, and it's fucking excellent. Brilliant. Amazing film. Spencer mentioned it. That's like, mm-hmm. I think that's also like three days of her life as well. Yeah. So that. Um, yeah. And one one more, because otherwise I'll just, I can't. Uh, yeah. I'll, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I'll, and I'll say uh, Serpico. A one that we talked about. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Serpico. Yeah, I like Serpico. Uh, that, that deals with passage of time really well as well, I think. Yeah. And that's a really good way, of, and that's a really just good portrayal of a, of that man. So, yeah. One one that I've been wanting to see for a while, which is on my list, and I probably will watch it soon now that I've reminded myself. Uh, the one about the dude from the Beach Boys, where he's played by 
Paul, Paul Dano, Dano and, and John Cusack. And John Cusack, yeah. Love I'd and like Mercy. To, yeah, I'd like to watch that. That's raved about great, very much so. Great film. Great yeah. film. And oh, and my point on Blonde, I will say this. I would have much liked if Blonde was just influenced by... Yeah. That, like If it's like... You, example, if we're on about... Um, Films that feel like they're biopics, but they're about complete fictional people, but they're kind of based mm. on real people. We're yeah. on about uh, uh, it, uh, Babylon looks like they're doing that. No, oh, yeah. uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see with that whole thing. Uh, can we get Lou Ayres in that film? Yes, please. I swear, I swear to God, if there's just a guy that's basically Lou Ayres in Babylon, that would just pop me and you. That'd be that would be fantastic. Be, That'd be such a um, niche reference, just for just just like the yeah, let's reference the lead actor on All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes, um, but that uh, but Inside Lou and Davis, oh, the, yeah. Coen, the Coen brothers were very vocal about like um, he was based on I forgot the guy's name, but a folk singer that even had an album called Inside Blank Blank. Oh right, okay. his name, but it wasn't a biopic on him. He was just heavily influenced on that folk singer. Oh, okay. yeah. And in that film, again, I want to watch it with you at some point. Yeah, I, I need to I, see I, it. But there's even points where they just reference folk singers around. Like, there's one point where, like, F. Marie Abraham, who plays, like, a music agent guy, is looking at Oscar Isaac and goes, hey, can you shave that? I mean, you're not much as a solo as a solo act, but can you shave down that beard into a goatee and we could put you with, cause we've got this uh, three piece that we want and we've yeah. got one guy and one girl and we need one other person. So if you can shave that beard to a goatee, we'll have a place for you. That was an outright reference to Paul, Mary and Peter. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's, yeah and, and there is a reference to Bob Dylan that I only caught the fourth time I oh, watched right, the okay. film. So yeah. again, really well. So example of that. So I would have, you could have even done a film like Blonde, but just don't make it about Marilyn Monroe. Just make it about a blonde bombshell who got big in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would have been so much more better. And it could have been, this is a mirror on Marilyn Monroe, but it's not saying it is about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Would have been, a, it, it could have fallen more into the camp of a film like a Lars von Trier or a Gaspar Noé. Yeah. Without just, without just feeling a bit icky. You just need to so, make that distinction. Is yes. it is it about her life or is it fictitious? Yes. Make that distinction, and then it becomes less uh, fucking scummy. <laughs> yeah, but again, I yeah. and again, I think it's just going to be a film that no one's going to remember within a year. Yeah, In I, I'll I'll probably watch it at some point, and then turn it off halfway through, probably. <laughs> Probably yes. Once once we get, once we get the JFK going, like come on, just do it. Then you're yeah. like, that's, ah, it. that's enough for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's almost laughable that scene, but yeah, because I want you playing it. Like yeah, uh, back back to my MCU Phase Four rewatch for this fucking video. But also just watch that for. Uh, but also just watch Blonde for the visual effects point of view because yeah, I will do. Brilliant. Yeah, there's a weird. They do a weird behind the scenes thing on some like a whole as well, where they have a guy who played Billy Wilder, and for some reason he's just a grumpy asshole. Oh, brilliant! Excellent. <laughs> so they, it's just like it's just like there's a moment when Marilyn Monroe starts breaking down. You know that scene where it's like I want to be loved by oh, you. Just it's yeah. that scene. Then she just freezes and like gashes her cheek, like cuts her cheek oh. with her nails. And Billy Wilder's like, "What are you fucking playing?" He's like, "She's a lunatic." <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> 
And you got like just like like a guy age just like Billy Billy, just calm down. Like, I'm sick of her. I'm sick of her. <laughs> what the fuck? It's just like Jesus. But yeah, that's what we've been watching. Excellent. Um, and with that being said, Robbie, should we go over to the negative letterboxed? Hell yeah, we should, fella. Of this, yeah. Uh, I've just, I've, I've literally just seen the time and been like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm Jesus, so tired. Jesus, Jesus Christ, yeah, Dear God. You know how we say we'll try and trim it down. I know, man. We do it every <laughs> week. Fuck it out. Hey. I've got to be. I've got to be awake at six in the morning. Dear <laughs> oh, God. Dear. Oh that's dear. Right. Um, it's fine. I, I can catch up on sleep over the weekend. It don't matter. Hey, I'll. It's gonna happen to me. It. Last week was not a fun week for me to edit this. In yeah. All of Sorry, man. No, hey, hey, you, you know what you did, and we can move on. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and because it was an instant where Lewis edited it, did the audio when he got back from having dinner at Victoria's parents' house. Yeah. So he edited it, and he sent me the audio over at half past midnight. And then I had, and then the download speed was ridiculous, and then the file size was so stupid that I was going to take two hours for each audio track oh, to download. God. So it got to the point where it got to two a.m. and it wasn't budget. I was like, "I'm going to bed. I'm in in the morning." Yeah, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. I did as much as I could. I edited as much as I could without syncing the audio. I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah. fucking, I'm fucking done. I'm going to yeah, bed." Yeah, this sucks. And then, I, and then I wake up at half eight, so, so I got six yeah. and a half hours sleep. Edited fucking it, hell. and then I and then I had to go to my auntie's house to um to upload it because they have because my internet is. Awful. I don't know if anyone knows this. I don't know if I told you this. My yeah. internet is so bad that for it was the it was the Philadelphia story and the Kramer versus Kramer episode. I sat in a Starbucks for three hours to use fucking hell. Not not to use Starbucks Wi-Fi to to tether to my phone because I've got like unlimited data on my phone. Oh so, man! So I'm just sat in a Starbucks for three hours waiting for this fucking thing. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Whereas I, think, I went to whereas I went to my auntie's house and I'm like, right, for context, if I'm just uploading the video to my Wi-Fi in my own house, it's yeah. gonna take me two days to upload. Oh my Four, god. I, I get given forty eight hours. I go on tethering at the in this house on yeah. data, I get to maybe about ten hours. <sighs> um I'm three hours in Starbucks using their using 4G yeah. on there. I go to my auntie's house, one hour. Oh my god, man! So as soon as I just see one hour, I'm like, oh, I'm doing that. Oh my god! So I don't know what's going to happen this Saturday, but we'll see. Yeah, but that's the bit, but yeah. The things we go through for this audience, and by it's we a, I mean just Oscar, because I do absolutely nothing after we've recorded these. Yeah, we'll we'll. Uh, We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, we got uh, got we got a few more weeks until we zone out. Hell oh, yeah! Until the Christmas special. So yeah, yeah. stay tuned for that. Um, nice. Anyway, letterbox reviews. Yeah, um, let's you, do it. If you're unfamiliar with this segment, uh, this is where we go to the website letterboxed uh, and go and look at the film that we talked about um, all that time ago. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, and then we go to the negative reviews because it's just funny. Yeah, it's just a good time. Do we? I'm not sure if we're going to get a standout with this. Yeah, I don't know about this. Unless all all quiet on the Western front. I'm going to say the the baseline for this is 
or shy it on the Western cunt. Yeah, it was the, if uh, anything is funnier than that, then it goes straight into the Hall of Fame. I uh, don't is think. It, is, is that the bar? Is it? We're yeah, to... I don't think anything is funnier than that. Um, anything that I've said ever, I don't think is funnier than that. I mean, um, the, the transcript from the from the gang meeting was pretty good. <laughs> well, you well you did well you didn't say that, did you? No, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I was, yeah. I, no, no one wrote that. That was just that was just what was said. It's the same reason how Martin Scorsese himself called in last week. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's like yeah. Oh, what was it? What I go like? You could be the baddest bitch in Germany. Yeah, I you could be the baddest bitch in Germany. Was pretty good. Um, so yeah, oh, let's get go. I I think we might get like a thing of like, oh, they American washed the film because they're uh, Germans. Yeah, I reckon so, we'll get a bit of that. It's not like it was 1930. And just come on. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, come on man. All right. Um, half a star. Awful. Doesn't have big weld. Oh my god! Is that sorry? Is that a reference to the movie Robots? Oh, I don't know. Can you favorite. can you go on that person's account and see if their favorite film is Robots? <laughs> is it their account name? I'm looking at their account name, and it's just Big Weld's biggest fan. And <laughs> yeah, the favorite, the only film they go on their favorites is Robots. Is it really? <laughs> oh my god, I'm a genius. Yeah, that's that's fucking brilliant. That's Hall of Fame straight away. Boom, right, nailed I'm, it. Right I'm, right, I'm keeping this account open because I've just seen. Oh, this is you know you you remember that like one account that we just started howling at for like yes oh it was a few weeks ago what was it was it which oh I forgot the film was it oh, I Sword don't remember of, was it Sword of Doom might could have, have been could be yeah Philadelphia where we just howled at that one guy's account where it was just like I think his name was Ed yeah Ed Mungus oh yeah 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 right okay so oh boy Ed Mungus we, we, we might have already peaked. We yes, we could have done with with Big Weld. I can't believe they pulled out a Big Weld reference. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> have, have you seen Robots? One of the cinema to see it. Yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> Big Circle dude is Big Weld, isn't it? Right. I also want to add that that's the last time I've seen that film was in the cinema. Oh, I love that movie. And I had the DS game. Yes, <laughs> come on, let's go for the original DS. That chunky motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, where it also had like a Game Boy, like yeah thing where like it yeah, could, yeah you, you could also play a Game Boy game. You can put then, a cartridge in it. Yeah, it also was like the slot that you could stick when they did Guitar Hero for DS. You slot the yes. Guitar Hero like thing. Yeah, that was my, yeah. that, that's the first time I played Guitar Hero. Me I, too. I, yeah, never. Yeah. I I was bad at the real Guitar Hero DS Guitar Hero. I was really good. Same because um, you didn't have to do the strumming on. Yeah, on yeah, DS. Exactly. It was great. Um, half a star. Oh, this is. Right, okay. Go on. Um, half a star, score, 5%. Standout, the scene where he reprimanded his professor. Um, alternative title, 1917. Uh-huh. No, alternative um, title, All is on the Western Come. Uh, this is still the same review. Positive, the scene where he reprimands his professor is impactful. The actor is very good down to the trench, down in the trenches. I really liked when the end sign showed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, negative. It's so boring. You aren't sure who the main character is until three quarters of the way through. It's halfway through, it's but not there's true. a reason for that. Um, the scenes are incredibly repetitive. I already don't like most war movies. 
And this one fits all those cliches. It really doesn't. Well, that, um, it, it takes place in a war. It, it has a war in it. Um, and it just keeps going forever. It goes until two hours and eight minutes, actually. Um, yeah. So, so glad to be done with this one. Review. Wow. Review. Would have been better if the movie itself was all quiet and never made. Wow. I mean, good joke at the end, I guess. Was but, it? I, mean, I suppose, <laughs> but it's too long. If you're taking letterbox yeah. reviews that seriously, wait, come on, man. Oh, I've seen people that do essays on that. That's what I mean. Man. It's like, just chill out, dude. Just make a reference to Big World and get on your goddamn way. You know, uh, you, uh, Carson Runquist is big, he's got, he's the most followed person on letterbox and he's got a lot of flack because he just uses his letterboxed. He logs, but when he reviews on letterbox, he just yeah. takes the piss and people go like, and then everyone likes his reviews and then everyone. Oh, uh, okay. So then he's always the top on popular reviews. Yeah. And so, so then people are like, I want to read an actual review and I get Carson Runquist saying that he blames Sam Levinson for Blonde and it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Come on, man. It's fine. Just leave Chill it. Chill out. Um, uh, half a star. In my quest to watch every Oscar winner, I obviously often come across a lot of heavy-handed issue movies. I was, however, surprised to find this to be true in such an old film. It was probably refreshing at the time to see a war film that was not rah-rah America or even rah-rah war. Nowadays, it would just be another war message movie. It was well made, but not that interesting. It was not rah-rah-rah war or rah-rah-rah America. First of all, the German. Yeah, yeah, second of all, America wasn't in World War I. From what I remember, that's not a thing. No, I feel like no. a lot of these reviews are people just already having preconceived notions of the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one star, uh, number six of the Best Picture Challenge. Just absurd. I hate to go against the consensus grain here, but I don't see any way around it. What a silly film. <laughs> what a silly. Very silly. Uh, silly. Uh, overly preachy anti-war monologues awkwardly remove the viewer from what should be deeply psychological and intense. Depict oh, is how long is this actually? Oh dear Christ. I'm moving on. It, I, ah, I, okay. I, I, I saw the read more. Oh, uh, yeah. I went, nah. I'm not, no. no, no, no. No, thank you. Um, one star, I don't care. Very good. Um, See, that's that's the kind of ones that I like. To the just, point. Uh, one star, watch this freshman year history class. Very boring, and the sound effects are so shit, it's funny. Other than that, it's other than it's not other other than that, it's not good. Maybe ironically, I don't know. It was made in the thirties. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking Americans, man. Yeah, right. God damn, um, that's the most American one. And okay, the the last one is literally a. Hang on a minute. I need to at least read. It's it's a little bit long, but I've just read. I saw one word in it. I'm like, I need. Hang on, I need to read this. Oh god. Um, okay. Once one star, decent story, but it dragged, long and boring. Exactly what he was trying to say with this film? Question mark. Sound and 24 frames per second marked a huge step in the advancement of film. Being one of the first sound films, the name of the film is kind of ironic. Parts of the film is... Sh- okay, no, it's boring. Never mind. I, right, the thing that I read, I saw Terminator 2. But it's uh, clearly, okay. But it's clearly going to go, like, nice 
Nice night to day transition. Oh, yeah, the hospital night to day transition. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Nice night to day transition. The hospital copied in Close Encounters and Terminator 2. Time passage was also shown very effectively. It's just a review. Yeah, okay. Right, so. And at the bottom it says, boo, no Rodney Copperbottom. That's the main character from Robots, by the way. That's just a niche bit of noise that I have. And speaking of that, we need to give it... Okay, we're entering another one of the Hall of Fame. We're, we're entering awful. Doesn't have Big Weld by yeah. Big Weld's biggest fan. And yeah. Big Weld's biggest fan, favourite film, is Robots. Yeah. And that's it. And the one thing I want to talk about this account is this person is rated nothing, no film, any other rate other than half a star, which is 305 films this person's rated what they got and is it all there's no big world um that's every review he's done i'm looking at what his a recent, fucking legend i'm looking at his recent reviews and stand by me half a star awful doesn't have big world nice um, manon of the spring half a star awful doesn't have big world blue velvet half a star awful doesn't have big world <laughs> and platoon half a star awful doesn't have big weld. Can I can give me two seconds here? Um, um, this person's can bio you think... yeah, says this person's bio says so. Big weld's biggest fan says my life is dedicated to worshiping big weld. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good on him. You know, I think that's that's fantastic. Can you find um, if he's if he's reviewed any other film with Mel Brooks in? I'm just. Curious, because Mel Brooks' um, voice is Big World. Uh, well, also, hang on a minute. Well, all his review, well, he's only rated half a star. He hasn't, if he's done anything positive, he hasn't uh, said. Okay, he, he, he uh, hasn't, I see. Like... Is it? Did he review Toy Story Four? <laughs> it would just say awful. Doesn't have Big World, even if he did. Yeah, but it's got Mel Brooks in it, so I, I, I'm curious as to whether he'll be like, hang on a big, big World kinda. Right. Robots is the only thing he's given five stars, but he hasn't reviewed it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, hang on. Um, highest, yeah, Big Weld. Um, God, he, I don't know. He rated the deal in a half a star. Oh, gee, I mean, good on him. Yeah. Uh, re- reviews, right? Let me look at reviews. Let me just scroll yeah. through this. It's literally just awful. It doesn't have Big Weld. That's literally just... I'm just looking... Just a sea of awful doesn't have big weld. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? That's <laughs> imagine, de- imagine having the dedication. <laughs> I know that. Well, that's what I mean. This is why I, I like this guy so much. That is fucking commitment to the bit. Do you know what I mean? 300, 305 films, half a star. Yeah. And all I mean, of them fantastic. have that review. And all of them have that review. <laughs> Except for Robots, which has five stars. Peak um, content. And that being said, let's move on to the outro. Um, oh yeah, man. Jesus Christ. Dear uh, God, I'm tired. What an episode. What an episode. The, you oh, know man. what? I'm going to say it. Season four has been my favourite season of the Intermission. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I um, think it's, we, it's been a good season. We had two in person, then we had months of a break, and then we got yeah. back. To, and I remember saying to you, I was a little bit like cautious. About, oh, we're going back to Skype, even though we've been in person. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I feel like we've escalated. It's working out great. I feel like we've upped the quality 
massively. In, I think so, yeah. I feel like these are some of the more entertaining episodes we've ever done. Me too. Um, and this one, I feel like, is probably been our best example of actually talking about the film. Yeah, I'll say so, yeah. I, I think so. Um, Hell yeah, man. Seconded by The Soul of Doom. I liked our conversation about Soul of Doom. Yeah, that was um, a good one. Seven Year Rich might be one of my favorite episodes of all time, though, for just the amount of insanity that that yeah. episode... The amount of weird shit that goes on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen the Seven Year Rich episode, go back. Martin Scott says he called in. We phoned, yeah, it was fantastic. We, we called Tyler. Um, yeah. I lost my mind. Yeah. Over the I, Seven Year Rich. I, yeah, I, I was... I was more fine with it. I was baffled yeah, it by was, it, but you know. In a strange um, turn of events. Yeah, really weird. I don't know. It's a, so a, see, yeah, a very odd episode that. You could see me start to, you could see my mind start to melt when I hear you go, I love this film. And yeah, I'm just like. I bloody loved it. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> I, was, I was ready to go. It was shit, Robbie Woody. We go, yeah, it was. And then I'm yeah, like. Bleh. And then it's like, oh no, I was ready for it to be a Godfather part three. And, yeah. then it, and then it became someone else entirely. Um, yeah. But speaking of season four, what's what's going to be the next film continuing? This oh, mate, what season? is it? Please tell me. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about a animated film. We're, oh. going, we're going to be talking about a Studio Ghibli film that yeah. is not Hayao Miyazaki and is not a fantasy film. We are talking about Grave of the Fireflies next week. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Isao, Isao Takahata, another war film. Um, yeah. Completely different type of war film, but another war mm-hmm. film. Um, yeah, I thought like it would be because obviously I know you go back and watch Robbie's views on Spirited Away. Oh, yeah. Uh, he got very, not very hot on the fantasy world building in that film. God, so, boy, was I not happy about that movie. So I'll be very interested to see your reaction to a Studio Ghibli film, not by Hayao Miyazaki. That isn't a fantasy either. So, oh yeah, man, that's Studio Ghibli. Uh, that's, Studio, that's next week's episode. That's Studio Ghibli. That's Studio Ghibli. Uh, that's everything they do. Uh, that's it. We just... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's... So we talk about that for our penultimate episode in the season. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's next week. Uh, I don't know if Lewis will have anything to say. Probably not. If you do, Lewis. Oh, your expert, Mr. Robbie Tweedle, is back at it again. He doesn't need headphones, remember? No one needs headphones. So now and today, he's discovered that gain is irrelevant for sound engineering. Robbie knows he needs that gain on the way at the maximum. You know he needs to get that audio to sound like a potato and take foil getting thrown downstairs. Thank you, goodbye. And yeah. Nice. Um, um, I like your uh, contribution to the team, Robbie. Meeting there, Lewis. Yeah, it was really uh, good, that. If, if, would you like me to read his line again? If you don't mind. Just to, just, yeah, if, just, just to get an idea. Uh, where is it? Just, uh, I think it's back one. Ah, oh, here it is. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Tyler. I wasn't paying any attention. I was too busy counting the beans Oscar and Robbie paid me. Robbie says one day, everyone will go into a huge beanstalk. Isn't he lovely? There you go. <laughs> one of these days, I don't know when it will be, but one of these days, you two are going to fight. And he's I gonna want it kill me one day. He's gonna he's gonna find me one day and kill me. And we're gonna put it on the episode. And we're gonna put whatever <laughs> episode it will be. Episode one hundred, the big payoff. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so with that so, so with that being said, thank you all for watching, listening, tune in next week for when we talk about Grave of the Fireflies. It's on Netflix yeah, in the UK man. if you wanna oh, watch sweet. it. Okay. Um as is every Ghibli film. 
Um, Excellent. So thank you all for watching, listening. Links in the description uh, for everything that we've said. Give it, give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, and all that jazz. Share us, give us a review on the podcast platform, and uh, up the team, Oscar. Yeah, up the Tigers. No, absolutely not. And that's signing off, Robbie, with Go Tigers. Terrible. Okay. Go Tyler. Yeah, go Tyler. Birthday boy of the podcast. I love that guy. Wow.